Jesus Christ, that's Jason Bourne. James Francis Bryant of Iowa. Sheldon Willis, lot of gaming commission. Francois Pinot, captain of the Me, sir? I don't know who I am! I'm a botanist. I'm a Texas Ranger. I am a traveler in both time and space. Impersonating practically anybody. How do you like that, man? Welcome, everybody, to a very important episode of Sine Waves, the podcast that follows the peaks and valleys of Matt Damon's career and Hollywood in general. I am one of your hosts, Hannah, for always with my best friend, Sean. Hello. Don't know why I said best friend this time, (laughs) but Sean is my best friend. Hell yeah. He's my bestie. He's my home slice. Um, have you seen that video of... No, I'm not going to get derailed within the intro. Yeah, (laughs) we're still still in the intro. Um, So today's episode is about uh, a very good movie. A very good movie. It's it's it, it was stolen from the Oscars. It was uh, fucking robbed. It was robbed. In the Oscars. It was robbed. Fuck you, Harvey. All my homies, <laughs> Fuck you, Harvey. Harvey. It Today, is a, yeah, of course, 1998, Saving Private Ryan. Wow! <laughs> Spoilers, they save him. And they saved me. <laughs> uh, I watched this on Saturday when I was delirious. Full disclosure, before we get started on this episode, if I sound a little bit different than normal, I'm currently quite sick. But uh, We are also, for the first time in this episode, testing out a two-mic setup. We're so um, professional now. That also has like actual audio like quality software going on, so hopefully things will sound a little bit better than they usually do. If they sound worse... Well, too bad. <laughs> I've got a pop shield now. Um, yeah. I'm going to sit on my hands for the whole episode because Sean has given out to me because I keep slamming on the table. She's got a big block of foam under her mic. I do. I do. I'm just a little guy. Um, but of Aren't course, this is your first time listening to Sine Wave Pod. What we do here is that each week we get together as friends and we watch uh, one of Matt Damon's movies in chronological order for how they were released. Um, this was difficult for the first about seven or eight movies we did because they really don't exist. Yeah, but now Matt actually has a film career. Yeah, it's a little bit easier to find these films at this point. I did still have to go to the high seas because I didn't want to pay for another fucking streaming service. Uh, oh, fair. But I, we owned this on Apple. We bought it yeah, years ago. I probably could have gone down to CEX and bought a copy of it for yeah. like two euro or something. Yeah. But I've been um, running a lot the last few days, so my legs don't work so good right now. Imagine being able to run. I can't do that anymore. <laughs> Damn, really? <laughs> well, no, it's just because my throat's fucked. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But yes, we're, of course, talking about 1998, Saving Private Ryan, directed by... Steven Spielberg! <laughs> my guy! I love Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Um, this cast is... It's fucking stacked. Just every, every 15 minutes, you're like, wait... How is this guy? How is like yeah. Paul Giamatti like has a five minute role in this movie? Yeah. And you're like, oh, it's just Paul Giamatti yeah. being like just a little guy. Nathan Fillion shows up at one point, and I was like, what the fuck? He's in this. There's just so Ted Danson Ted looking, in looking yeah. real dishy. I'm not gonna yeah, lie. Yeah, a little yeah, bit, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> John and I just made like men noises. Um, <laughs> but of course, this movie stars uh, Tom Hanks, the late Tom Sizemore. He just passed away. Oh, really? Yeah, passed away oh, in March shit. of this year. Yeah. Ed Burns, Matt Damon, <laughs> uh, Barry Pepper, Adam Goldberg, Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. <laughs> Dominic Toretto himself. Uh, um, it, for my, my prep for this episode was I watched Fast and Furious 5. Did you? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, you're yeah. back on Fast and I'm Factorial. I'm back to Fast and Factorial. Gorgeous. This project kind of took over from Fast and Factorial for a little bit, but mm-hmm. I'm, I think I'm back, in the, I'm back behind the wheel now. <laughs> No. Fast, uh, Fast Five is very good. I will watch them all someday. Um, <gasps> well, no. 
Yes. Oh, crap. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, that's exactly. Yeah, no, that's what it's going to be. <sighs> For people who don't know. This is such a fucking an insane intro to the podcast. Yeah, um, this, this is what it's like. If you're not vibing with this, turn yeah. it off. Turn just go back and listen to like the Goodwill Hunting episode or we're, something. You can tell we're like very tired. Oh, I was I was listening to the episode while I was doing the edit, and I was like, we were so sleepy for that episode. We sound like BBC Six. Yeah, like what an episode to be fucking sleepy for, though, right? I feel like it's appropriate. Yeah, it is. This one we have to be like, hoorah, hoorah, hoorah. hoorah. Um, but yeah, great cast in this movie. But before we get into talking about Goodwill Hunting, not Goodwill Hunting, it's Saving Private Ryan. We're doing. Oh my god, I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> <laughs> what we always do is a kind of little like laying the foundations for the episode is we do a little what we've been watching, reading vibing with media this week and of course we always have to start off by asking the titular question titular question that's not what that's not what the word means that's not (laughs) i was trying to think of a segue you know how hard it is to host this podcast to be the segue person in this podcast (laughs) i'm so underappreciated much like mike nito how are the x-men doing sean The X-Men are not doing well. Do you want to see a cursed image? Yes, I do. Want to do. see a cursed image? Is this Charles being beardy? I yeah, don't like it. Yeah, there he is. He's gross. I don't like it. <laughs> are you going to put the music in? Is it just me being like someone underappreciated like Mike? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, it has been two weeks since we last recorded because we were both away for a little bit. Uh, no, so you were. Well, I was at a musical festival. Yeah, you were at a festival. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was away for a little bit. So, I went somewhere nice. I went to Nice. Nice. It was nice. Yeah. Yeah. He was very tired afterwards. I was really, I was so <laughs> exhausted afterwards because it was basically just four days of kind of wandering around Nice and Monaco. How is uh, Monaco? Monaco is great. Monaco is lovely. My parents did it's, not like Monaco. It is a monument to the hubris of mankind. That's why I did not like Monaco. Yeah. Um, pro tip if you ever go to Monaco, uh, Sean's little. Um, secret little hideaway place to, to go for food and drink in oh. Monaco. The McDonald's in Monaco. Fancy ass McDonald's? Like it's the cheapest place you will get food. Yeah, because it's Monaco. Yeah, you'll get like a little beer with it. Yeah. But you're still like looking out over this like gorgeous little bay. There's like yeah. a zoo right beside us so you can yeah. hear the animals and shit. It's really cool. You can understand why like they have an F1 race there. Yeah, you can. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, but the X-Men. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we got a little off track there. Uh, two issues, and we're, we're starting to get a, a more clear view of what the fall of X is actually going to look like. So can I not resurrect anymore? The way that they resurrect people is... <laughs> it's so bizarre. It's so wild. They've got, like, a team of five mutants who kind of work together to, like, grow clones of people and, like, implant their consciousnesses into their brains. Uh, those five are elsewhere. Because oh. at the when the fall of X actually happened in the Hellfire Gala, what happened at the end of it was Charles Xavier uh, mind controlled every mutant on the planet. I was like, "Hey, get off the planet!" And oh, <laughs> yeah. This is because as we joking, there's a running bitch of the podcast is Hannah doesn't do her X Men homework. I've done mm. the like the the mandatory reading. Yeah, the, the beginning. The beginning. Yeah. And there is like a bit where they're all off planet Earth, and I was like, "How the heck does this happen? Is that yeah. kind of the start for how that happens?" Is that how that happened a little while ago? Okay. Um, they set up another nation on Mars. 
uh, as you do as you do yeah but uh, it turns out that the that Orcus the, the human villains had like um, figured out a way to fuck with the kind of portals that they have yeah so they've all the mutants have just been yeeted to random places around like the galaxy and one big group of them have been sent to a nondescript desert there's like the the five are there there's like 250,000 mutants just dumped in the middle of this desert there's only one guy who's gonna gonna lead them through it is it, um, is it Wolverine? Exodus remember he's that crusader the... guy I was talking about he's one of the big ago? villains right? Uh, he was a while ago he is now um <laughs> He is now, like, the mutant Moses, like, literally leading them through the desert after they've been displaced. Uh, Jesus. Yeah, it fucking rocks. It's really cool. More Fall of X shit is coming out this week. I don't know how much of it I'm actually going to read. Because you just life. Just because a, it's a bunch of new series that are coming out, and I can't really, I can't really buy more series yeah. at the moment. That's one thing with comics that I think is very um, annoying about them. Is like unless you do the omnibus stuff where you mm. read it after it happens, you do have to kind of just gamble that something's going to be good, and you yeah. could buy like I know that's half the joy is you buy something mm. and you're like oh by like issue four this gets really really good. Um, yeah, uh, I mean it's like a it's like a TV show I guess. Yeah, it's like a four or five euro investment to buy a single issue. It's not that's t- true. it's not the end of the world. It's a coffee. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't buy coffee anymore. You just buy comics. <laughs> I just buy comics. Um, yeah. One thing about working in the office is we, we have an espresso machine at home. It's like a proper mm. one. We miss being able to make a flat white in the middle of the day. I can afford to go buy one. It's fine. But I yeah. just don't like spending money. Yeah, my my school that I was in had some terrible coffee. Oh. I hope my new school has good coffee. We have a terrible coffee machine at work. Like, it's we, famously like, bad. We didn't even have a machine. We oh. just had, like, a shitty kettle. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there are uh, another two issues of comics out this week that I read um, one of which is Barnstormers number two I haven't read Barnstormers yeah. number one yet I'm not going to get too into it because there's people macking on the cover so there's I'll people def- macking on the cover yeah I'll definitely uh, need- is that a Pinkerton? no that's the the pilot Slay yeah I must read Barnstormers yeah you'll like it uh, it's subtitled A Ballad of Love and Murder and this is where the murder comes in I need to stop making noises my tonsils <laughs> really inflamed uh, um, and the last one, which I bought two copies of, I tried to buy two copies of this series because I like it a lot and the variant covers all fucking rock. Yeah, it's cool. Um, it's Damn Them All from Cy Spurrier, Charlie Adler and Sophie Dodgson. You like Cy Spurrier. I love Cy Spurrier. Uh, Cy Spurrier wrote a really good Hellblazer series that got cancelled 12 issues in because of COVID. Oh. Um, yeah. What? Yeah. It was like critically acclaimed it got um was it just they were like we don't have the money to do this because surely comics are like something that could covid well i guess not i don't know how they're printed no the the comics industry was massively disrupted by covid there was a massive paper shortage oh god yeah Yeah. they just they just couldn't afford to keep going with it that's very sad what he did was he left dc he went to boom comics and he wrote he's currently writing what is essentially just Hellblazer with all the numbers filed off um, and it's really good uh, it's been on hiatus for a little bit but it's back now because it was initially released as a six issue miniseries and it was kind of um, it wasn't certain if it was going to continue after that mm. that it 
sold like fucking gangbusters yeah. so it's an ongoing now uh, I know that I'm very conscious this is a movie podcast we've currently been talking about comics <laughs> for 15 minutes but yeah. I do have to ask because Sean posted about this on a discord server that we're in mm-hmm. and I was so interested what's this dealio with this comic book artist that like ghosted doing some like commitment he had to do and it turned out he got hit by a truck oh that was um Donnie Cates yeah <laughs> sorry oh you, were, you were Sean just like replied to a message he had posted four months ago being like twist he got hit by a truck yeah and I was like I have to ask Sean about this because I was when this kind of started happening i was like there's something going on here there's something fucked up going on here because donny cates the guy who did it was like a really big up-and-coming name at marvel um like he was writing hulk and thor at that point he had just done like i think two or three big um like summer comic crossover events and then he left and then he just like not even finishing the series that he was on like the artist took over writing for his hulk series just completely dropped off the face of the earth, uh, stopped releasing any of his Substack stuff, and just completely gone. Radio silence. Sean uh, was very like, what's I was, happened? I was, yeah, I was very concerned about what you was You were like, on. has this man done something criminal? Yeah. Like, that was where I think where we, you went to. I don't know. I, I had several ideas, one of which did turn out to be partially true. Um, but I'm not going to talk about it on mic because it's, it's a little fucked up. It's not It's not good. I don't want to talk about it. It's just he was having a bad time. But also, uh, turns out he, he showed up at San Diego Comic Con. He got hit by a fucking truck. Uh, and lost six months of memory. <gasps> yeah. Oh my God. He had to like learn to walk again and <gasps> shit. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, he's been joking. I hope he actually does this, but he's been joking that he's going to start reading his own comics and reviewing them because he doesn't <laughs> remember writing them. <laughs> That's um, iconic. Yeah. I, I hope he does that. I hope he, I hope he gets back on his feet again. I like his writing decently. That um, must be like a very bizarre, I imagine if that happens, if you have a podcast like this, because like some people do like movie podcasts, but they bank load of episodes where we do it weekly pretty much. Yeah. That must be so weird. Like, one of us lost our memory. We'd be able to listen to this. To <laughs> That'd be, be so fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Just be like, why was I into The Good Doctor? Sean doesn't have... <laughs> I would be able to watch The Good Doctor again. <laughs> Sean's, not, Sean's not allowed to talk about The Good Doctor this week. We have too much okay. content to get yeah, through. Yeah, that's fine. Um, uh, I'm about halfway through season six of The Good Doctor. I'm so disappointed in you. I know. Um, something that I am steamrolling my way through because I've been very sick so I've been treating myself <laughs> has been homeless we're, we're back to it we're do, back do, in do, the do, carry. <laughs> so Hopeman's insane I've heard little snippets of this and so, so when we left off in Homeland yeah we had just found out that Brody's teammate or like his sniper buddy who he got kidnapped with is back in America yeah the guy who he thought he killed right? he thought he killed yeah uh, Tom Walker Tom Walker is still alive and Brody is also still a terrorist because up to this point you're actually not 100% sure if Brody is, is or is not a terrorist we found out he was a terrorist we found out the yeah. Answer, yeah so Brody is a terrorist Brody so 
Because I've seen the whole show now, I'm just going to explain to you, you what you... You haven't seen the whole show. I've seen, seen all of season... Seasons. I've seen all of season one now, so I'm going to explain. Because you, f- I've, you find this out over the course of the next three episodes. Okay. But because I was delirious watching this, because again, <laughs> I was high on cold medicine. Hannah's texts during all this were hilarious. I am very dyslexic, and my dyslexia gets so much worse when I'm sick. They were, they were comprehensible. They weren't, like... It wasn't, I don't think it was the dyslexia that made them funny, it was more the content. <laughs> um, so basically, what you find out is, you basically find out Brody gets kidnapped by like Al-Qaeda and gets sold to this terrorist and he gets t- tortured for five years. And at the end of this torture, the after this five year period, this terrorist, the, the terrorist who's called like... Um, I can't pronounce his name, so I'm not going to attempt to sure. say it. Because it's like, I don't know, Arabic. The bad guy. He's the bad guy. Um, he basically is like, he has a, an, a seven-year-old child. And Brody is like, he's like, yeah, you're my slave, so you're going to teach my child how to speak fluid English so we can have, like, a better opportunity in life if he can speak English. Okay. And Brody's like, okay. And Brody has kids that are about the same age. So you watch this whole episode, which is, like, basically, like, this is the next episode after Brody like sneaks into the Saudi Arabian embassy and like potentially attacks a diplomat. Uh, <laughs> and this is after the SWAT team show up to the mosque and kill guys. Yeah, yeah. this is like the next episode. Okay, is um this? So you basically find out Brody's like made train this or not train. He basically like you watch this episode of Brody kind of befriending this child and it's a very like nice relationship. Like it's not. It's basically like Brody being like. I am a father. I know how to talk to kids. This kid's very shy and reserved. They like play soccer together and they're just like very nice kids. And he's like, the kid really comes out of your shell. Like the, the little actor, so good. Oh yeah. Because he just is like, he plays this really like quiet kid and you just see these moments where he's like, oh, this adult actually like has time to spend with me and is like interested mm. in playing with me and like draws with me and all of this. So they have this like very nice like father-son bond. And then he goes to school one day and the United States military does a illegal drone strike and bombs the school and kills 83 children. And this is why Brody is a terrorist because Brody's adopted son was killed by the vice president of the United States in an unapproved drone strike. (laughs) Now, if I was the vice president in this situation... What would you do? I'd be very worried about the well-being of my own son. The own son hasn't turned up yet at this point in the show. Yeah. Because what basically has turned out is the vice president is running for president. Who does he want as his uh, running mate? Brody. Um, <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Brody is the vice president. Brody's been asked to run for vice president. This is season two. Um, okay. We haven't gotten here yet. Brody's just now, Brody's now running for Congress. This is, that's what happens in season one. There's a year yeah. long, there's a like a ju- uh, jump forward of like a year between season one and season two. Okay. Um, but so you find out this is basically why Brody's a terrorist and his whole thing is like I don't hate America I just know that the the vice president did a war crime because I was there for the war crime and I know if I go to the media about this it's going to be brushed under the rug so I need to make an example of him Jesus and you're like Christ. do you know what <laughs> yeah for the reason for being a terrorist it's, it's a not, pretty solid one. It's, yeah. it's a solid one. <laughs> That'd radicalize you pretty quick. That'd be radicalized. If your child was killed by, like, your adoptive child was killed by, like, your government, you'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah. But Carrie's... But Carrie. Carrie. Yeah, <laughs> Carrie. what's Carrie doing? <laughs> 
So Carrie, at the same time as you're basically uncovering what the deal is with Brody, Carrie is trying to find Walker. And they basically like track Walker down. I can't I can't remember because I was deliriously sick. Um they basically track they track him down that do you know what it is? They blackmail a um Saudi diplomat they find out is gay to basically be like your Walker's contact, to make contact with him. So they have this whole operation planned out where they're like gonna basically like have Walker meet in this public spot with this diplomat. And they're gonna like basically grab him and like interrogate him. And this man walks up and they're like, is it Walker? Is it not Walker? We're not sure. Why does he have this briefcase? And Carrie's like, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Because Carrie has like spies fighty sense. She's a very good spy. And it basically turns out Walker has given a random homeless man a bomb and a briefcase. So he blows up the homeless man and like 12 other people. And Carrie just survives the bomb blast. But she's like about to like run to stop this like innocent man from being blown up. And she misses it in time. And this causes Carrie to have a flight episode because she is mildly untreated bipolar, like bipolar yeah. disorder. How does she deal with that, Hannah? <laughs> How does she deal with that? It's actually like a really... I think it's like... Cause, Poland has a reputation of A, it's very people are like, I posted about this in a server we're in. God, mm. we've been recording for like twenty minutes and we've not talked about saving private Ryan. It's fine. It's gonna be a long episode, buddies. It's a long and movie. It's a long movie. Yeah. Um a lot of the criticisms about Homeland. Now, I'm in season one and two. It's fine at the moment. A lot of the there's three criticisms about Homeland. It's Islamophobic because it talks about race like yeah. terrorism, which so far in the show, there have actually been no acts of terrorism committed by members of the Muslim faith, unless you count Brody and his um, his like other American like sure. buddy. Like it's all, the bad guys are the Americans in this show, from my understanding. Yeah, that was kind of my understanding yeah. of it as well. Like there's, it's it's actually handling it pretty well, I would say. The other comment is it's not a great depiction of bipolar disorder, which I'd also would like. I can't. I don't want to comment on it because. I haven't seen the full thing yet, mm. but I do kind of do. They do in the show be like Carrie's manic episode she has is directly caused because she gets a really severe concussion because she survives a bomb, mm. and they're like it's something had she had a brain injury and it causes her to have like an episode, which you're like, do you know what? To have her have a, a manic episode, it feels somewhat understandable, sure. and it's handled in like everybody around her is like oh no she's ill we need to make sure she's like better but part of Carrie's um the third criticism is Claire Danes cries a lot she does cry a lot I'm not gonna defend you Claire you cry a lot on this channel <laughs> she's just very sad just she's... like in um which one was she in was it the, the Rainmaker? Rainmaker yeah I'll show you the scene when her when the thing that happens soon happens where so basically Carrie's in this manic episode and Saul who's her like um like mentor who like her like guy who brought her in he's like 60 like 60s 50s great character you'd love Saul hell yeah cause he's just like better call Saul like better call Saul if but if Saul was like lawful good <laughs> whoa wild cause he's just like I have to do everything by the book but if someone like tells me something and I can trust them even if they're like unwell like he's the only person in the CIA that once he finds out Carrie has bipolar is like she's still good at her job she's just not well sure and he's like, oh, I'm upset you didn't tell me, but like, I'm not going to hold it against you. And he's still kind of like, you're right about things. I'm going to come to you because I can trust your judgment about stuff. Mm. And there's bits later on where he's like, oh, I, I wanted to like shield you from this. And she's like, you could, you can trust me. And he's like, yeah, maybe she like, you know, she's right. She's proven herself to me. 
But Saul, like, visits her at the hospital, and Carrie keeps going on all about these colors, uh, and colors, and she's, like, coloring in all these, like, confidential documents. And Saul's, like, on, like, babysitting Judy with her, because they basically, like, someone needs to be with her 24-7 when she's, like, getting better, because she's going, she goes back on her tablets. And he just starts looking through this, her papers, and he's like, wait a second, these aren't the matting ramblings of a woman. These are actually, like, color-coded time charts for this, like, last eight years of when Brody was in captivity. What the fuck? And she puts it all together. <laughs> what the fuck? She puts all the terrorism together. <laughs> she figures it out? She, she figures, figures out that he's out. a terrorist? She doesn't figure out he's a terrorist. She knows he's a terrorist. She does well. Look. She knows he's a terrorist. She doesn't currently believe he's a terrorist, but he bas- she basically is like, something happened. Like She basically puts all the movements together of why the, the big bad guy, who's like the one who like purchased Brody, why, what he's been up to. And the one thing she can't answer is basically like, he disappeared for a year. Why did he disappear? You as the audience know it's because his child died. And like he was mind controlling Brody or whatever. Yeah. So Saul puts this all together and then Brody tips off the CIA because he's like, I don't know how he clocks it, but he realizes Carrie is close to him or something. Or she's like, I think his wife confronts him because he's his wife's like, You had an affair with this woman, get rid of her. And he's just like, I know how to get rid of her. I'll call her boss and be like, she has all these private documents at home. So her boss comes and like rips down her dream wall. <laughs> and she's just like, no! And all I could think was, my dream journal! Uh, <laughs> Mr. Electric, take him to the principal's office and have him expelled. It's fully like, it's, it's that vibe. But then it gets to the last episode, which I was fucking punching in the air all the way yeah. through. Because it's basically Carrie being like, I ruined my life with my crazy delusions. And she's like, I'm going to take steps to like get better. But before she does this, it's the day that the vice president's going to announce his um, presidential bid. And Brody wears a suicide vest to it. Jesus Christ. Because he's basically like, something's going to happen that I will have the opportunity to blow up every member of cabinet. So his walker, who was one of the best snipers in... Whoa, just like the guy from Saving Private Ryan. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to talk about it, I promise. We will, we will. We've got some more media to get through first. Ah, We're going to be quick talking about Barbie. Yeah. Uh, It was good. uh, It was good. I really liked it. Yeah. Um, He basically kills this really annoying press secretary so that Brody is locked in a bunker with like all the members of cabinet and then he keeps trying to detonate his suicide vest but his suicide vest is broken because the circuit <laughs> service like rugby tackled him to shield him from the other terrorism <laughs> that's so funny the image of him just there like oh fuck ah oh, shit it's not going off <laughs> that's what happens and then, like, he's about to go off, and then Claire, or not Claire Danes, uh, Carrie, like, um, yeah, goes Claire to, Danes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Carrie goes to his house and, like, accosts his child, and is like, you need to, like, talk to your dad because he's about to commit a terrorist act, and his daughter is the only one who knows he's, like, converted to being Muslim. Mm. So she calls him, and being like, this crazy lady says you're about to commit a terrorist attack, as he has, like, the kill man switch <laughs> in hand. And he's like, no, no. I, I would never do that. No, so I'm he's sure. like, oh, I can't blow myself up. Fuck. <laughs> and then um he's just like he calls the big bad terrorist and he's like oh um do you know what would be better than me just blowing up of the vice president if i can become a vice president and change them from the inside because i'm your mole on the in in the like inside the government and i'm like do you know what actually that is probably a better plan. yeah <laughs> that's a genius plan brody yeah. so he like kills walker because walker's a loose a loose end oh, walker's dead yeah he shoots Damn. walker very sad walker was a cool character mm. um 
Claire Danes sends herself for electroshock treatment because she's like, I'm unwell. Yeah, this was the part where I was like, hmm, what the fuck? It's 2012. Yeah. Um, she sends herself for like electrotherapy and as she's about to go under, she puts it all together. But like, oh, like the uh, Abenuzir, that's his name. The big bad's called Abenuzir. Abenuzir's child died and Brody was screaming his name in the middle of the night when they were together. Okay. So she's like, oh, this is it. But one of the side effects of electroshock therapy is short-term memory loss, so she doesn't remember no. it. And that's the end of season one of Homeland. Ah, uh, Homeland's great. Um, Timothy Chalamet is the vice president's son. Yeah, he's, Timothy Chalamet shows up in season two, and right? And they screamed. Yeah. Um, he's currently dating Brody's daughter. Oh, no. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> Um, great show, great show. I'm Hell so yeah. sorry I've talked to... We're just going to be such a long episode. Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. This is the first, like, 15, 20 minutes of this are us fucking around with the audio settings and shit, so we're probably fine. I don't know if we're going to be. Yeah, we'll be um, We can make this show as long or as short as we want. That is true. Uh, what else have I, I... I listened to a very interesting podcast from the New York Times that was fucked up. Uh, it's called The Retrievals. Okay. It's about an IVF clinic in Yale where all these women were like experiencing like really severe pain during uh, like one of the procedures for IVF. I won't go into details because mm. it's a bit like you know. Yeah. Um, but it turns out one of the nurses was stealing the pain medication they were meant to be given during the oh, procedure. I heard about this actually. Yeah, I think, yeah. and it's just basically like it's quite interesting because it's you have these women who are going for these like very terrible procedures, and it's and it turns out it's because like a nurse was addicted, and that's. Like, it's terrible. But there's so much of a conversation of why did no the doctors take their reports of, like, severe pain seriously? Mm. Because, like, if people are reporting that severe pain, yeah. would you not, I like, wonder if there's a misogyny issue in the, the medical field. Then I also listened <laughs> to a very, another very interesting podcast from the New York Times called Nice White Parents. Ooh. Which is, I think you would really like, it's about the public school system in New York. Oh, cool. But it's about rich white parents going into lower income schools and like taking them over with their uh, like monetary ability okay so it's like the the it's basically follows the 60 year history of this one school and it starts off where it was like a more bless you he's about to sneeze run out of this out it's gone haha <laughs> I didn't get it shit that means I'm gonna sneeze way worse later on yeah. in the episode and that's what we call a um Chekhov's no <laughs> Chekhov's gun. Chekhov's gun. Chekhov's che sneeze. When you set something up and it yeah, pays off. Yeah, Chekhov's gun. Yeah, because yeah, um, he has the gun above the mantelpiece. But it was, yeah. it's an interesting because it's basically like, it's like about how like the real villains in society, rich white people, um, like go into any kind of setting, like the education setting and are like, oh, why don't we like, I have all these connections. Why don't I introduce like a, a dual French program because my kids will like really benefit from speaking French in a school setting and it's like 20% of our school population are or like a third of our school population are Spanish why not Spanish yeah. or like Arabic or something like that it's interesting I'd recommend it if you want to feel bad about the world um, also if you want to feel bad about the world uh, I read a book recently I've been yeah. reading it for a little while it's called I Am The Law How Judge Dredd Predicted Our Future uh-huh. And it's fucked up. Is it fucked up? Yeah, it's all about how... It's uh, an academic text, mm -hmm. pretty much. Um, that's kind of looking at old Judge Dredd comics from, like, the 70s and 80s and kind of comparing them to both, like, you know, 
Thatcherite Britain at the time mm-hmm. and to the modern rise of like authoritarianism in the US and the UK. Very interesting. Um, it's really good. I think this, I'm going to show this to Hannah, this page here, the little like intro to this chapter kind of sums it up. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, a quote from a Judge Dredd story from 1979 where Judge Dredd says, let every man know that citizenship is a privilege not a right uh followed up immediately by a statement from the british home office in november 2021 saying british citizenship is a privilege not a right uh and that kind of sums up what the whole book is um Uh, it took me a long time to read this because it was making me angry so i had to put it down it's like when i read um the shock doctrine last year um, Shaw Doctrine is a very interesting book. It's a chunky book about like political history. John sure. Keating, if you're listening to this, you would really like the Shock Doctrine. Hi. <laughs> um, it's basically about like uh, eighty years of history of um, American like power and the, how it like America basically uses its like military prowess, um, like in the CIA and its black ops, to further like the ultra capitalist, like um, like. Uh, Chicago School of Economics sure. kind of like ultra cap like Milton Friedman capitalism and it goes into Reagan it goes into Thatcher it goes into like how they completely just destroyed South America and like all these like socialist um countries for like 80 years to like basically allow for this like ultra capitalist um planet but it was one of those books I'd read 15 pages and go for a little angry walk. <laughs> yeah. My parents were so sick of me when I was reading it because they were like, please stop. <laughs> we know you hate Milton Freeman. You do not need to tell us at every single dinner. And I was like, yeah, I do. You probably don't need to read this one then. <laughs> well, I probably will. Um, do you want to still talk about your... Now, going from the sublime to the ridiculous, do you want to talk about Malignant? Oh, I want to talk about Malignant so much. Hannah, you need to watch Malignant. Do I? Malignant is a genuinely great horror film Ooh. for the first three quarters of it. And then it gets terrible? And then, then it turns into something else. Oh. This Malignant is one of the best shot horror films I've ever seen. Okay. Like, I put it up there with Skinner Inc. for just, like, the, the visual design of it. Mm-hmm. Um... It's very, like, it's all practical sets. There's no CGI in it, gorgeous. I think. Yeah. Um, like, uh, there's a load of, like, gorgeous, like, matte painted backgrounds and stuff. But uh, because of that, everything kind of looks... Because of... There's... I don't know how they did it. I don't know if it was the colors that they used mm-hmm. or something about the set design. But yeah. everything looks weirdly kind of artificial. Okay. I think it's something to do with the lens and the camera as well. They mm. use a lot of kind of fisheye lenses. Um, and you kind of find out why that is about three quarters of the way through Uh, but highly recommend Malignant I don't want to talk too much about it um, because going into it not knowing what the thing that happens is is such a fun experience it's kind of like Hereditary where not knowing what happens 20 minutes into Hereditary makes it so much more enjoyable Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, just talk about hereditary for two minutes. Oh, banger film. I banger love film. Aster. 
finding out like because oh, I think the trailers for Hereditary were so good because you mm. think it's just gonna be a creepy kid movie. Yeah, she, she fucking, fucking dies. dies. <laughs> she dies. <laughs> Her head gets fucking whacked off. Oh, that's such a good good acting, Alex Wolf. Yeah, well done. Uh, Alex Wolf was in something else I saw recently. He's in like a load of stuff. Yeah, he was in. S- He's having a Matt Damon. Was he in Oppenheimer? He might have been. I think he might have been in Oppenheimer. Like, he's um, having a Matt Damon-esque fucking career. Um, yeah. Wolf. I swear we'll get back to talking about saving Ryan and Matt Damon soon. Um, <laughs> uh, do we have anything else to get through on media? We have Barbie. We have Barbie, yes. Barbie! We have now both seen Barbie. I we've, did Barbenheimer the day after our last recording. Um, Oppenheimer, we've both seen. I really yes. enjoyed I really enjoyed Oppenheimer. I liked Oppenheimer a lot as well. Um, we will talk about it in a, a year's, year's time. time. More than a year's time. Yeah, it's going it's yeah. to probably be the, unless we don't know how it's going to go with the writer strikes and stuff, but it could probably be the last movie we do. Yeah, because imaginary friends might not get yeah might get, like delete not deleted delayed if might not come out. Thank God. Um, Imagine that being the the note we end this on. If, though. <laughs> hey, Emily will be back in it, and I love Emily Blunt. Yeah, Emily she's Blunt in so is many of these movies. Oh yeah, but she's an adjustment bureau. He's Matt. She's Matt Damon's love. She's the, the love interest. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Matt's wearing a fedora in that movie. Yeah, I've seen that. And I was like, Matthew. Yeah. Um, Barbie is very fun. I had a, Bar- lot, of, I had a lot of fun with Barbie I, as well. I uh, had a very special experience with Barbie because uh, a friend of mine from work was like, I got tickets to go to Barbie karaoke. So it was in the lighthouse, which is like a cool cinema in Dublin. Mm. And I was like, I think she was meant to go from another for friend or something. And she was like, will you go with me instead? Um, there's karaoke afterwards but she wasn't going to stay for the karaoke or I don't know what happened but she left I think she left because I ran into her friend Molly and Connor's there because yeah. they were on a date night and me and Molly got destroyed <laughs> destroyed we had two bottles of wine in the cinema Jesus Christ oh we were like football hooligans God uh, yeah my, my Barbenheimer experience was very different because uh, myself and my friend Matthew who will be on a future episode. First guest announcement, y'all. <laughs> First guest announcement. Uh, I haven't confirmed this with him yet, but I said it to him a while ago. You right? need to, because I have recordings in like a month and a half. Yeah, he's going to be coming on for uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, because he hates Kevin Smith. <laughs> Does he? <laughs> yeah, he hates Kevin Smith's movies. Oh, no! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... He does, however, love the. He likes image- Kevin Smith. Like- he lo- he likes he loves the images of Kevin Smith crying after every MCU movie, which is why I was like, Matthew, you gotta get in on this. Uh, but we went to see Oppenheimer at like half twelve, you, like you seventy millimeter IFI. I've, if you're ever in Dublin and you want to go and you're a movie buff, <gasps> go to the IFI. I have something I need to talk about that I forgot. I forgot. Um, if you are in Dublin. And you are free on August the 26th. <laughs> Go online to the IFI website right now and book your did you ticket. Actually, did you actually email him? I DM'd him on Twitter. Fuck off. Yeah. Has he opened the message? I don't know. I haven't checked. Check it live on air. Uh, I don't think he has. I think it's just sent. Uh, but go and book your ticket for the newest masterpiece from the greatest filmmaker of our or any time, Neil Breen. Uh, Cade The Tortured Crossing which will be showing in the IFI the first official showing of a Neil Breen film in Ireland on August 26th that is this Saturday that we released this episode yes it is Uh, you'll have an opportunity to meet me your favourite podcast host there shall I go as well 
You should go. I think you should. We've got we've got like four tickets booked. Who are you going with? Me, Rian, uh, Matthew, and Michael. I'll buy, I'll buy a ticket. Hell yeah! For fuck's sake! <laughs> I, the things I do to hang out with my friends. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Barbie. Press Barbie watching Pride and Prejudice is laser targeted at my mother. She has not seen Barbie yet. I need to see Barbie just so I can watch her face. Yeah. At that joke. Hell yeah. I I was so pleasantly surprised at how funny it was. I was as well. Yeah. yeah like I, there I, were one or two jokes that really didn't land for me, but like they didn't. There, it's one of those like there's just so many jokes that you're like yeah. yeah. They really didn't need to leave that Snyder cut joke in there. <laughs> it's been a while since that's been funny. Listen, let Greta have let Noah have his like terrible Snyder yeah. cut. Greta Gerwig. Scab. Is she? She's been doing a bunch of promotion shit for Barbie. Greta! Yeah. That's very disappointing. Yeah. She's been like showing up to cinemas and stuff to, to promote it. And yeah. I can understand why she's like, that's not scabbing, but it is. It is, yeah. yeah. Oh, Greta. Yeah. Uh, um, movie's good though. Movie's fun. Movie's very fun. Yeah. It's just like, you don't... The funniest movie I've seen in cinemas in a long time. I saw Kate the Tortured Crossing a couple weeks Sean, ago. Sean, drop, so. drop the fucking Kate. Like, did you, were you laughing at... Yes. Were you laughing with the movie or at I the was movie? laughing at the movie. Yeah. Yeah. But in terms of like the, the the author's intent of you're meant to be giggling along with them. Oh, no. Yeah, no. He didn't intend that. Yeah. No, not a chance. <laughs> what was the last movie you were like, he, 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 this is funny and I find it funny that wasn't Grown Ups 2 because you have um, Stockholm Syndrome? I, uh, pain and Gain. Oh God! Pain and Gain is hilarious. It's Michael Bay's best film, I think. I've heard uh, that. That's not an unusual opinion. I yeah, think. it stars uh, Mark Wahlberg, Anthony Mackie, and Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah, as just like roided out gym heads who decide that they're going to uh, kidnap this millionaire and convince him to sign everything that he owns over to them. It's so funny. Based on a real story. Based on a true story, and they pause the film to remind you of that during it because things get so fucking bonkers because it's just three of the fucking dumbest dudes you've ever seen on set it feels cinema. like it's the only time I haven't seen Painting Game from what I've heard of it it feels like the only time that Michael Bay is actually self-actualizes and he's like maybe I am ridiculous yes yeah yeah, yeah. him and Mark Wahlberg uh, both are very self-aware in it I think yeah uh, and it's very good I can't tell if Michael Bay is horrible or just like a bit of a meathead I think he's I think he's just a bit of a meathead yeah yeah um, I saw a clip earlier today of him talking about uh, him like on the set of Transformers 2 okay. uh, giving very specific instructions on what the shot where the guy where is it oh, what's the John name John Turturro yeah says um, I am directly underneath the enemy scrotum <laughs> he, he describes those robot balls in detail yeah <laughs> Shout out to Ben Affleck of getting into a fight with Michael Bay on the set show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was it Armageddon? Yeah. Yeah. Very funny. Um, Speaking um, of Ben Affleck, you hey, know who he's best friends with? 
We have one more thing to do oh, in media. we have one more? Very quick. Hannah's Song of the Week Yeah. is There's Power in a Union by Billy Bragg. Shout out to Billy Bragg. Uh, as I was saying this to Sean before we started recording, I went to a music festival. I have a lot of very cool acts I saw at the music festival. This will be Hannah's Song of the Week going forward for the next about five weeks. Um, but it felt thematically appropriate. I saw this very cool like socialist guitar guy. Guess, guess how you would describe Billy Bragg. Yeah. I had never heard of Billy Bragg before. My parents were like, we're going to fucking Billy Bragg. Mm. And I was like, I'm pleasantly... I was doing a lot of snapping. Um, <laughs> but he um, he sang a, like, a song that was like, make sure to kill all the fascists. I was going to yeah. have that one on. Again, thematically appropriate for this uh, podcast. Yeah. Um, but the thing I was like... to have it on, yeah. Yeah. Um, just Billy Bragg's a good person to have on this, pod, this episode, yeah. I feel. <laughs> But he uh, did a song that was like, there's power in a union, because mm. he was basically like, fuck the Tories, workers, let's unite, let's yeah. strike. And I was like, click, 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 click. Hell yeah. um, very cool guy. Uh, I was saying this to Sean before the episode started recording, but he like stopped. I was like, I, I wrote a song in the 80s that was about like supporting gay people. And I've now changed the lyrics to be about supporting trans people, because that's where the fight is now mm. and if you're in your like 50s or 60s you need to get off your arse and start accepting trans people and fighting for them as well and I was like yes yeah. Billy hell yeah and with that speaking after of f- killing fascists oh uh, yes <laughs> yes um we're gonna take a quick well for you guys it will be seamless but for me I'm yeah. gonna take some painkillers I'll edit something fun in here uh, as how to pop some pills hell yeah we're all about popping pills out here we all start out equal Little blobs of blood and muscle. It's a setup of awesome potential. Most people never develop that potential. I knew early on, I was not most people. There you go, there you go, yes! Come on, big man. Work it, baby, come on! Go! Because if you're willing to do the work, you can have anything. That's what makes the US of A great. When it started, America was just a handful of scrawny colonies. Now, it's the most buff, pumped-up country on the planet. That's pretty rad. And we're back. And we're back. Saving Private Ryan. Y'all, this movie honks. This movie fucking slaps. It's so good. I have a very difficult decision to make at the end of this episode. Just fucking Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Nine, so, 1998, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> They're saving, they're saving Private Ryan. The, the mission is a man. There's a line in this movie where Tom Sizemore goes like, is he worth it? And I was just lying on the couch at 11 o'clock, <laughs> high as heck on a cold medicine, just like, yes! Yeah. There's a line in it as well where, he's, where he says, um, what if the only decent thing that we do in this war is saving Private Ryan? And I was like, yeah, that's the movie! <laughs> So for those of you who have never seen Saving Private Ryan, I commend you, but you're also a fool. Yeah. If you've never seen Saving Private Ryan, you at the very least need to watch the uh, D-Day scene from the beginning. Famously filmed in Ireland. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's in like Wicklow or something, right? Or Wexford. Filmed in Wexford. Um, all the extras are members of the Irish Reserve Forces, mm. which my parents required me to inform the listeners that <laughs> in the 90s, the Irish Reserve Forces were, their like initials were FCA. Okay. Which st- my parents were like, I never knew what they actually stood for because they were in Irish. Mom was like, we just call them the Free Clothes Association. 
Sure. Because okay. supposedly they just like they did two weeks of work a year and they got loads of like free kit. Oh shit. Nice. So they were just like free close association. Yeah. Nice. Um but yeah, Saving Private Ryan. It starts with an American flag because it's an American movie. Hoorah. Hoorah. Um you can give probably a mild criticism of this film, mm-hmm. which I think is bullshit. Um, which is like, why is there no Brits or no Canadians in the D Day or in the group? And I'm like, You don't need them. Yeah, you it don't doesn't need matter. Them. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's about this one group of American guys. Mm. Um you see this nice family. There's a very old man in a very cool white or blue jacket. Mm. And he goes to a grave and he collapses. It's Normandy graves. Um yeah. you ever been to Normandy? No, I haven't. Sad. It's real yeah. sad. I've walked around those graves. It's real sad. Yeah, it seems oh, it. It's beaches are gorgeous. I will say, <laughs> gorgeous now, not then. Not then. Not then. They were covered in uh, blood and, and bodies and yeah. bodies uh, and fish. Yeah, it goes from this dude collapsing at the grave to D- horrific depiction of D Day. Uh, the probably so. One thing about this movie, and I think it's why you have to kind of the thing about Saving Private Ryan besides the plot. Which I think is, I think it's a good story. Mm. The thing that was so amazing about Saving Private Ryan is the technical aspect of it. Yes, absolutely. Um, and it's like now movies look, war movies look like this. Mm. It completely changed the like language of war movies. I would say. Yeah. Um. So according to Wikipedia, oh, because I I actually did some research for this movie. Hell yeah, I didn't. I did. <laughs> I think the camera techniques are really interesting for this. They are really, yeah. Yeah. I've got a couple of notes about them. Um, so the thing with the cameras in this is that they wanted to like emulate the actual battlefield cameras. Because mm. very famously, the all the footage there was actually photographers with the landing parties on D Day, but they fucked, they destroyed all the footage because they put it into the wrong chemical bath. Oh really? Yeah. Damn. That's why there's no because you're like it's surprising there's no pictures of the actual D Day landings. Yeah. And it's because they had like. A film. There was like a photographer there, and he, what film you have to like do different chemical baths to like mm. get it, especially at this time. And he basically just melted the foot the film. I know dirt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the dart isn't happy. About the dart's this. not yeah. happy. I don't even know if that would come through on the on the new setup. That's probably very would. funny. <laughs> yeah, it probably would. Um. So part of the thing they did is they removed some of the protective coatings from the lenses. Oh, okay. So that's why it looks so grainy at mm. stages Um, because they wanted to like make the images look a bit worse and they would like use different lenses with different cameras in the same shot kind of positions cool and they altered the like the shutter angle which is like how much light comes in and hits the film so it looks fucked it's meant to look fucked and you are so like what's happening during this whole D-Day landing there are so many parts where because it follows Tom Hanks basically as he uh, lands on the beaches of Normandy. Yeah, and it's is it like twenty minutes. It's you don't you feel like it's the entire film. Yeah, it feels like the film is going to end by the time he actually gets yeah. through. Um, but there's just so many little bits where the camera kind of like veers away and just shows like some like horrific little vignette of young men being horribly killed. Yeah. Um, um I was reading a thing so like famously. It's just the Irish army. Um, mm. But they purposely picked like 40 um, people that were like missing limbs. Yes. So when they like blow off their limbs, yeah. they're just prosthetics. There's a part where, and this is, this is one thing that, because I watched this when I was like 15 or 16 or something. Uh, and one of the images from the film that always kind of stuck with me was there's a part where 
you see for a couple of seconds a soldier who's lost his arm Pick like like looking around on the ground and picking it up and then like continuing the forwards. one that always messes me up is Tom Hanks trying to like save a guy and there's a bomb goes off and he starts dragging the body but he does it takes him so takes him a while to realise yeah. that he's dead yeah but like just the, the D-Day scene is so it's so scary because there's like you, it starts like about a minute before they land on the beach, mm. and they're all like throwing up and praying and all this stuff. Yeah, and then a load of them just get milled down straight immediately. Yeah, and like you see some of them drowning because they jump overboard into the sea and all this. Like, yeah, yeah, you see them like being weighed down by their guns and shit. Um, Horrifying. Yeah, there's oh, there's this one guy who's like being pulled down by his gun and he's like struggling to get it off and he manages to get it off and then he gets shot through the water yeah. uh, the one that always stands out for me is a little bit later on but a guy gets shot in the helmet and he's like oh my god oh, yeah, and then you're like, like you're like yeah, put your helmet he, on yeah he like the bullet like pings off his helmet and someone else looks around at him and like kind of laughs like you're a lucky bastard and he takes the helmet off to look at it and he gets shot in the head ah, ah. ah. Um, but yeah they just like Oh, it's such a good. Mm. How like and it's you? You realize very quickly that everything has gone to shit with this. Like uh, Tom Hanks and what's the? I can't remember the other guy's actor's name, but it's Horv- Tom Sizemore. Is it Horvath? Is that what his name was in the in the thing? Tom Sizemore. Yeah, his his best friend, Mikey. Mikey. Um, they the two Horvaths, of, Yeah. Yeah, the two of them kind of meet up and. They're, they're both like, we're the only ones who are where we're supposed to be, huh? And they're like, who's in charge? And they're yeah. like, you, you, Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah, and he's you're like, the only one. <laughs> and he's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just the little guy. Yeah. Um, But they do kind of, you do start, like, there's not, the plot of this, like, first half an hour of the movie is, is the, D-Day, D-Day? D- yeah. the D-Day landings. And it's very well done. They don't actually fire a shot. Like, the, the Americans don't fire a shot until very far into it. Yeah. And the, is the first shot fired, like, Jackson and all that group? I think it is. Yeah, it's, it's when, when they're they, going around the, the tower. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's when they're first coming up to it. And they're, yeah. Yeah, the... It will. I will say this. There's bits in this where you're like, they're just massacring those Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, yeah. they deserve it. But oh my God. Mm. When they get up to the bunker, I'm like, oh, this is horrible. Oh, the shot where they send the, the flamethrower up. Oh. Yeah. And they tell them... There's Don't a shot shoot where they, them, they let they them go burn. Up, they manage to get up behind one of the like pillboxes. Um, and you see a guy with a flamethrower walking up and then it just cuts away and the whole thing, like from the front... You see the whole thing burst out in flames and uh, like a couple of guys fall out through the little hole in it and they tell them not to shoot them, just to let them burn. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, a, it's a great, it's probably one of the best openings. It's one of the best action scenes in ever. cinema. Yeah. yeah. Um, ever, the Russos wish they could direct something like this. Yeah, they're not even fucking close. <laughs> no. Um... It's yeah. just, it's just so. Good. You get, you get some characterization for all of our gang as well. Yeah. Most of our gang as you well. You don't meet Upham yet. Fucking no, Upham. fucking Upham. Upham. Jesus. Upham. Uh, you meet Ward though. Ward is the, the medic. The, he's trying so he's trying hard, so hard. hard. He's uh, like he's a, a combat medic, and he's just he's trying to help people, and he just can't. And there's too many people. 
You saw, uh, you meet my favorite from when I was seven years old, which mm. is Jackson. Um, which one was Jackson? The sniper. Oh yeah, my, he's my favorite as well. Yeah, yeah he's great. Yeah, yeah I, I love, love Jackson. Jackson. He's fantastic. He's just kissing his cross. Yeah. And he, like, <laughs> there's a scene later. He's we, just like he's just a great sniper, and he's like very. It's um, what made me fall in love with snipers, which I said that yeah. to my mom on Saturday, and she was like concerned. Um, <laughs> he's very religious as well, so he's always like praying while he's lighting up his shots and stuff. It's great. Anytime I play D and D. I play a sniper I'm like I'm just like Jackson yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah you do meet let's just address it now Vince fucking Diesel Vin Diesel, Diesel is Dominic Toretto is in, in this, this movie. movie he's great he's great really he's like just him. playing himself he, that's all he ever plays <laughs> yeah. he doesn't play anyone else he's it's just you do get slightly distracted that he's there. I did anyway. I was blindsided. I was like, I keep forgetting. Anytime he turned up, I'd point. I'd be like, Vin Diesel. I was, I was enthralled by him. So funny. Yeah. Um. So you do meet. You kind of meet the 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 ragtag bunch where Tom mm. Hanks is the captain. Mike, who's played by Tom Sizemore, is his like second in command. His best bud. His best buddy. Uh, Ed Burns, who's from Brooklyn. Did you know he was from Brooklyn? I didn't. No, he was from Brooklyn. Did you not know he was from nah, Brooklyn? I didn't pick that up. You didn't pick it up? Nah. <laughs> For fuck's sake. He's the most Brooklyn guy on the fucking planet. <laughs> His jacket being like, yeah. Brooklyn, New York. Or like, we get it. Barry Pepper, who is, of course, Daniel Jackson, who Hell will yeah, turn up sniper. later. Will turn up again. Oh, really? In this series, yes. When? You'll see. Okay. Um, Adam Goldberg, who you find out later on in the movie, is like uh, a Jewish soldier, which is understandably a lot going on there. Yeah. Uh, Casanova who or Cardoza Cardoza, Cardoza who's Vin Diesel, Vin Diesel yes um, my, my king and Giovanni Rimsic who's Wade who's the combat medic Wade he's great I and like Wade a lot they're just kind of like they just do a D-Day and they like yeah. do some cool <laughs> they bits they just do a D-Day just do a D-Day <laughs> they, take, they take out like a tower and like I think it's quite it's a good scene because the first about half of it is just this like brutal depiction of how horrible, horrible it was for the allies to like do the D-Day landings mm. and the second half of it you're like oh my god they're just massacring those Nazis yeah I mean it is kind of gross I, I think it's meant to be kind it, of gross yeah there's yeah. there's a bit where um there's two guys who are surrendering they're Czech coming, they're Czech yeah they're yeah. not they're not German they're saying that they didn't kill anybody and they just shoot them yeah yeah and then you're like oh yeah but then they do the D-Day landings mm. and you get this great shot of a load of Irish Reserve Army men lying in wetsuits then wearing soldiers uniforms over it just on the beach mm. and you f- zoom in on this one um, backpack that says S. Ryan S- what does the S stand for? Sean <laughs> <laughs> Sean Ryan proprietor of Ryan's Pub really? yeah, yeah. well not anymore I think he retired oh cool um, um, and then you jump cut back to the US mm-hmm. which I think that must be one of the most the awful job just an awful job yeah sending all the letters to, yeah. to families that yeah their their family members have been killed in action yeah yeah and who's who's here Brian, Brian Cranston, Cranston is here <laughs> <laughs> but he basically it's just like the secretaries put it together and you see just the moment that his secretary kind of puts it together that like oh fuck three brothers all the letters mm. are getting sent out today yeah like two of them died at d-day one of them got blown up in like the south pacific somewhere yeah and they're basically like there is one boy left the youngest boy private ryan um john francis ryan 
James Francis, Francis, Francis Ryan. Ryan of Iowa. James Francis Ryan. Listen of to Iowa. the theme song. <laughs> James Francis Ryan of Iowa. Um, we're on two theme song quotes in the last, like yeah. so quickly. Um, but then Brian Cranston is like tells like We've done Gen- three. The the Misa yeah. bit is from this as well. Yeah. But like just the that speech where they're like, oh fuck, we should do some, we should try and like save Private Ryan. Yeah, they read a letter from Abraham Lincoln to some woman who lost five children in the Civil War. Yeah. Um, was it the Civil War? Yeah. Yeah. If it's Abe Lincoln, it's the Civil yeah. War. So fucked up when you think about that, really. Like, imagine losing all your children in the war. I'm yeah. sure it happened all the time in any war. But yeah, like, but losing them all on the same day. Yeah. Yeah. I really like the scene where they go tell the mom. Yeah, there's one very fun detail in that scene. The flag? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love the flag. Yeah. You see, like, a, a photo of the four sons uh, kind of in the foreground while uh, the mother is, like, being told that they're all dead. Yeah. Uh, in kind of the background uh, but there's like, a little... and it's, it's, it's literally like probably like a fifth of the screen it's tiny yeah but there's a little American flag covering up uh, Matt Damon's face because you're not supposed to know what he looks like yet it's so <laughs> funny yeah because I've never been to the theatre because I was saying this to my parents of like the twist at the end of this movie about who the old man is yeah you can kind of guess you it you can pick it up yeah because they're where he's wearing an airborne pin yeah but my parents were like, no one was looking at his pin, Hannah. Shut the fuck yeah. up. And I was like, oh, all right, it's fine. But he basically is like, Tom Hanks is told that Ryan is with a 101 Airborne. 101st. I don't know why I said 101. Um, <laughs> and they got dropped somewhere in Normandy. And you need to go and yeah. find the boy to they bring were, him home. They were supposed to be providing support to the D-Day landing, but they... The, they fucked the drop up so mm-hmm. they're just kind of missing now mm-hmm. now like, you need to go find the boy and prove he's dead yeah and Tom or bring him back but prove he's dead they don't think he's they don't think he's alive yeah they're like what if he is um yeah. so Tom is like ah I've lost so many men already in this conflict because it's like three days into D-Day and he's just mm. he's an army ranger he's having a fucking horrible time and he's like, right, I'll do this stupid PR mission. Because they're like very, like, the, the, Tom's men do not want to do this mission. They're no, like, they this... really don't. They think it's a terrible idea. Yeah. Um, but he's like, I need a translator that speaks German and French. Let me get the most rat bastard man. <laughs> Up him. Up him. A man who has never seen actual combat. Uh, he spends his days translating and drawing maps. At the start of this movie, I was like, yeah, up him. At the end of this yeah, movie, fucking like, up him. Yeah, fuck up him. Yeah. I like it the was... way this movie makes you hate up him. Yeah. <laughs> it's so really funny. Because he's, he's so kind of. He's, so kind mor- of... he's morally right all the way through until the. <sighs> the end? No. Until the end. Yeah. The last 20 minutes, you're like, up him. Just up him. Get your shit together. Up him. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, he's just like a little. He's just a little guy at the start. He's a little, a little scared little boy. I like when he Tom drops all his stuff. Yeah, it's so. <laughs> I funny. like the part where he's asking Tom Hanks if he can take the the typewriter, and Tom Hanks just kind of holds a pencil up. It's the one moment you're like, yes, Tom Hanks. And when you re- you rewatch this and you know Tom Hanks is a school teacher, mm. you're like, yeah, this is a sign Tom Hanks has had to deal with children like this before. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and so the, the gang are kind of sent out to uh, Newville, where it's been reported that 
uh, the, airborne. The, the airborne might be. And you just like you just get the vibe that these guys get on really well. They all get along really well, except they all hate up them. They all hate up them. This great part where one of them says that the mission is foobar, and Upham's like, "What's what does foobar mean?" One of the guys says, "Ah, it's German." I had never heard that before. I never questions it again. Nobody keeps. He keeps checking the dictionary. Oh, does he? I didn't notice that. It's a running bit where he like finds a dictionary in the in the in the town after Cardoza dies, and he's like. I just check it. It's not in the dictionary. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I love it. Yeah. This is when you get to kind of meet all the personalities for all of um, Tom's men. It's yeah, when Hannah yeah. was like, I like Jackson. <laughs> Jackson is good. He's yeah. my favorite. Like Cause Jackson. he was like, God put me on this earth to kill Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm a machine of warfare. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you get him. Um, yeah, there's a great part where, uh, Upham is trying to like talk to all of the guys and he, he goes to Wade and he's, is it Wade or is it the other guy? Is the, It's the Brooklyn guy, whatever the fuck his name was. was Mr. It, um, Brooklyn? Richard Reben? Ru- uh, no, it wasn't him, sorry. It was, was it um, Melish? Melish, Melish yeah. yeah. He like goes up to him and he's like, is he like checking a tag on him or something? Because he wants to find out where he's from. Yeah. And Melish tells him to fuck off. <laughs> and then he goes, he like wanders up to talk to Vin Diesel and Vin Diesel also tells him to fuck off. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. Because Upham's just like on this quest and he's like, my friend. And all of them are just like, he's going to be dead within five days. Yeah. This is another little bit where you kind of get like, oh yeah, Tom Hanks maybe was a school teacher because... Um, <laughs> Uh, Upham makes a reference to the Charge of the Light Brigade and everyone else is like what the fuck are you talking about and Tom Hanks is like yeah no I see I see what you're doing here I see what you're getting at I see your letters man yeah. uh, <laughs> and you're like maybe World War 2 isn't that bad after all and, and then, then World War 2 and then World War 2 <laughs> and then you're smacked across the face because it's raining and Paul Giamatti is here and Paul you're like, Giamatti is here yeah. <laughs> and you're like Paul what are you doing here yeah they get to the they get to Newville which is just a fucked up bombed out town and there's a there's a little family there it's just so horrible because you just know Vin Diesel's gonna get got the minute he goes running up for the kid. Yeah, the the family are like the the dad takes their like young daughter and is trying to get the soldiers to take her with them because yeah. he thinks that she's gonna be safer with them. And Tom Hanks is like, No, don't don't do it and Vin Diesel goes and, and gets he her. He takes off his cross and gives it to her. Yeah, he takes <laughs> off his cross and I could, the only thing I could think about was his giant cross from Fast and Furious. <laughs> <laughs> he really just displays the same character yeah, he does. everything yeah. um, but as he's kind of heading back over to the gang a sniper gets him it's a, it's, it's a horrible scene it really is because he's on the ground for a while and he's, he's bleeding like, out for like four minutes yeah and the whole time he's like begging the guys to come and like help him get up because he's insisting that he can walk and then he's like, and then he kind of starts to realize he's like, oh, I'm gonna die. And he's like, yeah. take my letter. Yeah, there's and like, blood all over. He's like, there's blood on it. I need you to take this and copy it and give it to my dad. Yeah, and they're just like, please stop moving because the more you move, the sniper's going to see you are still alive and mm. take you out again. No, it wasn't that. Oh, was it, it was. Um, they were saying, shut up. 
stop talking to us because the more you talk to us, the sniper's going to see where we are. Whoa. Which is which he does. Yeah. Um, and then Jackson And then Jackson fucking gets him straight through the fucking scope. <laughs> I need to see enemy at the gate because I think it might do something for me. It's just <laughs> Oh my god. It's just two snipers fighting each other. Yeah. Enemy at the gate is really good. I've not seen enemy at the gate. It's good. Yeah. It's just Oh, it's so sad. It's such a very sad It really is. It's such yeah. a sad movie. And then he like he just bleeds out. Like, he just, he, yeah, he bleeds out. He dies. I think it's, um, it's the second worst death in the movie. No, there's a lot of terrible there's deaths. There's a lot of really bad deaths in this film. None of the boys die nice. Jackson has a nice death. He just gets blown the fuck he up. He just gets blown up, yeah. yeah. Um, Wade's one is really bad. That made me very sad. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, and then the, the kid immediately like runs back to her parents and is like slapping her father. Just being um, like, what did you do? Yeah. And Tom Hanks is just like, this is why we don't take kids. Yeah. Yep. And then they move on. They sleep in a church for the night. Yes, they do. And yeah. you see Wade like copying out the letter for mm-hmm. um um Kurt Vin Diesel's parents. And they have this like Is It's this... kind of out of nowhere this this like you basically find that the Tom Hanks is traumatized to fuck. Yeah. Because he's had these handshakes all the way through the movie and it's like oh yeah I've started getting these ever since the war happened I think I'm permanently changed because of it so I'm like yeah Tom yeah, that'd do oh PTSD that'd do it yeah. yeah is this the part where they're taking uh-huh. bets on what Tom Hanks's job back at home was they do that before they get to Newville because yeah. they're talking about it but this is when Upton's like why don't we split it yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so, Tom's like when it gets to 500 we'll split it yeah um, uh yeah, uh, they're they're just taking bets on what Tom Hanks did before the war because he's super kind of quiet and mysterious about it. Yeah, and they have like a conversation where they talk about like their homes, and all of them are just like, "I miss my mom." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wade's little yeah. speech where he's like, "I would like pretend to be asleep." Hmm. Yeah, it's a heavy fucking movie. It's a good movie. It's a really good movie. I know some people give it the criticism that like. Supposedly the high of the first the D Day scene, the rest of it kind of gets crap. I really like the ending. I really I like the, the ending battle. Great. I thought that was fantastic. I think the ending battle is great. I don't, I don't understand why people don't think the plot's good because I think it's just like it's sentimental. But like you can't, yeah. you can't really not make a movie about World War Two to not be a little bit sentimental. Yeah, you know. I mean, like it's a World War Two film. There's not too much plot you really need out of yeah. it. I think um, the mission to go and get. Private, Private Ryan. Ryan and just seeing all of the boys get more and more pissed off about it as they go I yeah. think is compelling enough the scene where they find Nathan Fillion oh, is so bad yeah they they get to a like it's just after the um Carvosa dies or is it another town over yeah it's it's just after that yeah um it's the the day after they stay in the church yeah they they find like a little kind of uh collection of airborne yeah like a little rallying point where a bunch of soldiers have kind of wound up after being lost from their their units or whatever and there's a couple of airborne guys there and they're like yo is this james ryan here like yeah james ryan is here and it's nathan fillion yeah and you're just like what are you doing yeah nathan fillion's in this movie yeah and tom hanks is like your brother's died and he just starts Bawling. He starts bawling, yeah. And you're like, oh my god. Yeah, he's really... It's a very good performance. Um, he is broken by this. And he's like, how How did they die? And, and they're like... They're um, killed in action. And he's like, 
What? <laughs> They're still in grammar school. <laughs> they're still. You just, you just see it in all the soldiers' yeah, faces. Yeah, they're immediately just like, oh, fuck. fuck. Um, yeah, it turns out he's from Minnesota, not Iowa. Ah. Uh, you gotta keep going. And then. I, oh my god, this part was so bad, actually. This, where this where is, they get to the crash site? When they get the dog tags. Yeah, that's the crash site. Yeah. Oh, oh it, this is. Ugh. Um, it's when you start to slightly there's a bit of the movie where you kind of start to fucking hate them guys yeah they you can you start to see how the war has really fucked them up as people yeah uh, like because, they're grieving because one of their best friends probably just died yeah realistically they're doing this bullshit mission and they're like fuck Ryan just fuck Ryan we, we hate him so much yeah Um. the only person that's like not like is still kind of positive is Upton and it's why I think Wade is a little bit as well Wade's kind of like we're doing because I think because Wade is a medic yeah Wade's not really involved in combat that much because mm. he's just kind of running around um, so he, I think he probably values a human life the most of everybody in the definitely group. yeah um, so they find this like crash site for like the airborne and you get this horrible story about how the the, the plane crashed. Oh God, yeah, they they installed like extra plating. armor plating on the bottom. Uh, Around in general, yeah, yeah, because there was some general in the plane, and they they just installed extra armor plating without telling the pilot, and it completely fucked up the plane's aerodynamics and yeah. it made it too heavy. So they like twenty two guys died. Yeah, because it just crashed when they landed, and like. The general died and the pilot's like what was the point of all this yeah yeah and the the boys go and collect everybody's dog tags to try and find private ryan's oh. and it is so terrible because they're like sitting around just like a little table out in a field or they're whatever having bets there's a, yeah there's a bunch of like guys just kind of filing past from the airborne and they're just kind of they're like joking around as they're like flicking through the uh, the dog tags like treating it like it's a game of fucking poker or some shit um, and you can you can feel from the rest of the, the guys just the like hatred for them like anger at what they're doing yeah. and then Wade sees what's going on and he comes over and it's like guys fucking stop this Jesus Christ think about it and yeah. you see Tom Hanks and Tom Hanks is kind of like smiling along with it because yeah. he's like this is kind of it's just the boys being the boys and then it's another moment where you're like oh his teacher brain clicks in and yeah. he's like oh fuck yeah oh fuck and then he just starts going into the crowd screaming about Ryan and yeah. you're like oh, Matt's not turning up for another 45 yeah. minutes but they do find a guy they, do they find fi- they find a guy who knows him they find his best bud that's such um, a funny scene I'm sorry it is very funny because <laughs> the guy has been like deafened a grenade went off beside his head um, and so he's deaf and he's just like shouting um, he's like what <laughs> Yeah, J- James Francis Ryan, yeah. I know. I know. My hair yeah. is all fucked up. Write it yeah. down. <laughs> and Tom's like, this is what you're here for, Upham. Write it down. Yeah. And they find out Private Ryan has been sent off to... Uh, oh, what was the place called again? Oh. He's been... Rame- s- Ramel? 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 Yeah. Yes, Ramel. He's been sent to uh, defend a bridge in a town called Ramel. Yeah. And as they're walking... Yeah. Tom decides to do a side quest. Yeah. Terrible idea, Tom. Horrible idea. Such Tom, a bad Tom idea. Tom shouldn't have done this. <laughs> uh, they All the find... better, like, let's not do the side quest. Let's just yeah. do the main campaign, Tom. <laughs> they find, like, a German encampment, and Tom's like, let's go clear that out. You would 
probably do that. We should probably do our jobs. Yeah. Like, our and job... like you can understand why he's like, we should do this yeah. because... There's, there's, there's a, a great line that he has there where the, the rest of the guys are like, what about the mission? Come on. It's like, the mission is to win the war. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's the most teach... Again, it's such a... Watching... Like, when you're thinking back in it, once you know that he is a teacher. Yeah. It's one of those things where he's like, this would be a good thing to do. And you're like, I, I, you know you've had this moment when you're in class. I'm sure you've had the opposite of it now that you teach. When you're as a teacher, you're like, I understand the fun, the reason we're doing this. The students will not know the reason to do this because it's not going to like pay, like pay off for them for like six months. Yeah. And there's just such this like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, I get that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's such a great scene because basically they're like Upham you're useless stay back yeah you're just kind and of... so you see most of the action through Upham like watching it through a little telescope yeah and then it seems to go well until and then, it, and then it doesn't yeah um this is where Wade gets got right yeah oh it's fucking heartbreaking they're, um, they're all so bad at being medics as well yeah they like you just hear uh Tom Hanks screaming for Upham to come over with like the medical gear yeah and we see Wade has been shot like three or four times. In the stomach. Yeah. And they're like, they're asking him what... To do. To do. And he's like clearly manic, just asking them how it looks, like what's happening. Did He asked if they got, if he got shot through the spine. Yeah. At one point. Um, and Tom Hanks checks and says there's an exit wound at his, like the bottom of his back. And then he asks where he's bleeding from the most. And they put his hand on the on the wound. And like, oh fuck! It's my liver. Oh fuck! <laughs> and he's and like, "Give me all the morphine." Please. Yeah, the the last thing that he kind of says to them is, um, "Tom Hanks asks like what what to do to fix him, and he just asks for more morphine." <laughs> and they're like, "Oh yeah," and he's like, "Mama, yeah." Mama. Rip, rip, wait. I like oh, wait a lot. It's, it's so, so sad. sad. It's so sad. Yeah. Because it's like four minutes of them trying to fix him. And yeah, you're, you're and just like, like boys, you, yeah. stop washing like away can, all the coagulants, please. You can tell pretty quickly that he is not going to make it. Yeah. Um, and he was he was really like the most kind of... Uh, he was the heart of the team. Really. Yeah. He was the one who really wanted to... He wanted everybody to make it out okay the most. Mm-hmm. Um, like he was constantly doing as much as he could to like you know yeah perform surgery on people and shit even if he knew you, it wasn't going to work the, in the scene end. in the church you see him like copying out Kerbosa's letter yes yeah because yeah. he's like he, they don't deserve to see their son's blood on it yeah you know um they find a guy here they do find a fucking man here. they take a prisoner steamboat willie fucking steamboat willie i will say tom hanks takes the Carbose's letter off wade yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah, he has it at the end. Yeah. Steamboat fucking Willie. He is a, a German soldier who uh-huh. uh, knows a little bit of English because he's watched a bunch of like American cartoons and films, uh, and so he's begging them to like let him go. Yeah, because he hates Hitler. Uh, he loves America, uh, and Upham kind of convinces them to to do it. This is the thing about Upham as a character. When you first watch the movie and you, you get to this bit where Upham's like, we can't just kill this man. Yeah. You're sort of like, Upham is in the moral right. Like, he is, technically he is right. Like, he's, just, yeah. he's like, let's not commit a war crime, guys. Yeah. And you're watching it and you're like, no, 
up him because they've just killed like it's understandable why the guys want to kill this guy yeah their their main point is um they don't they can't bring him back because they can't lose the time to actually escort him back to the camp yeah but if they let him go on his own they can't they can't bring him with them because he's going to betray them instantly and kill them yeah uh they can't let him go on his own because he's just going to go and go back to the germans yeah which is exactly what he does spoilers yeah he just does that Uh, because upham convinces them to to let him go they blindfold him and kind of point him in the direction of the camp and tell him to surrender there and he just doesn't do it yeah you you don't know this until the end of the movie but yeah. yeah yeah Uh, um, this is also the point where uh, Mr. Brooklyn is like fuck all of y'all yeah, I'm leaving like, I'm Raven is like I'm out of here and Mike is just like I will shoot your ass yeah, he's like, I, will, gi- I will kill you here you've given me now. an opportunity to shoot your fucking ass yeah. <laughs> and then Tom is like time to pull the teacher card yeah, I was a teacher <laughs> I'm what, from Pennsylvania yeah he's like that's what 300 bucks at this point <laughs> give me my money yeah and they're all just like, he's a teacher? Yeah. <laughs> Which, um, yeah, makes makes sense. It does. Yeah, it adds um, up. It does add up. It's just yeah. so... I know some people don't like Tom Hanks. I love Tom Hanks. I like Tom Hanks. I, I think he's good. I think he's cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, I can't think of anything I've seen him in that I haven't liked. Have you seen Big? He is in Big and he's really good in Big. He's a child. Literally. Um, yeah, he's played the grown-up version of a child yeah. who's very good at it. Yeah. Um, what have I seen? I o- Polar Express. Oh, fuck, he is in that, isn't he? <laughs> he's every character in that movie. Yeah. Jesus Christ. The- Never mind. I don't like the Polar Express. <laughs> <laughs> um, brief aside, so bizarre, the guy who made the Polar Express is filmography. Oh, yeah? He made Back to the Futures. What? All of them. He made Who Framed Roger Rabbit. He made Forrest Gump. <laughs> he made the the Beowulf movie. <laughs> he of made Malcolm he to Malcolm to Marwin. He made that de- oh. ba- one of the bad Pinocchios from last year. The the gay Pinocchio one. No, oh. I know. I need to watch that. <laughs> Father, I need to find my own. I need to find a life of my own. Have you seen the clip from it? Where it's like ah, a wooden boy. <laughs> he just fucking shoots Pinocchio. <laughs> Father. <laughs> Father. <laughs> Back to saving Private Ryan because he's here. He's, he's here. here. Uh, I, the, I'm obsessed with how they introduce Private Ryan in yeah, this movie. The boys um the boys come across like a, a German tank. They're like just walking and they're like, oh fuck a tank. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and somebody else starts shooting at it and they're like, what the fuck? Who's shooting? Who's shooting? <laughs> and they're like ah! And then somebody blows up the tank and the boys kind of shoot the, the Nazis who are coming out of it. Yeah. And then they, they go around the other side of it and they shoot some more Nazis. And who's there? There's who three appears, guys there. Who appears holding a fucking rocket launcher? Yeah, appears out of the tall grass holding a rocket launcher. Obsessed. So obviously it's Matt Damon. It's, it's Matt here. Damon. It's Matt yeah. Damon. He's here. The boy's here. He is here. Um, he has arrived. Um, <laughs> I'm obsessed where they're like, we're looking for a private Ryan and he's like, Hi. Yeah, and then it just means... cuts to them and they're like <sighs> yeah <laughs> they're like are you fucking serious did, did Private Ryan just save us yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah um Tom Hanks is like James Francis Ryan of Iowa he's like yeah how'd you guess <laughs> <laughs> how'd you guess looking all of your brothers are dead <laughs> they go back to the the, the bridge they go back to the town yeah, and basically Romero, like yeah. 
the whole thing with Ramel is they have a bridge in it where they're like we need the bridge to get our tanks over but we can't lose the bridge because we don't want the Germans to get their tanks over so if needs be we will blow up the bridge yeah and they tell Ryan that like your brothers are dead you're a PR mission you're going home and he's like no, no. <laughs> I am staying here actually <laughs> I'm a little lad. I'm going to fight in World War Two. I'm a big soldier and I'm going to kill the Nazis. Look at me. <laughs> and he's just like, my brothers are dead. These yeah. are my brothers now. And you can just see everybody in Tom Hanks's party wants to just clip him behind the ears. Yeah. It's so funny. It is, yeah. Like, um, understandable for Ryan because they yeah. haven't watched the last two hours of the movie. Yeah. But the next half hour is then basically just like... Prepping. Preparing for the Nazis to come. Uh, and... I think this section was really good at like building tension. Yeah. I was very tense for the whole last fight of this. You have a bit where Upham starts smoking. Upham's not doing well. Upham's having a bad time. Upham. Yeah. Upham. Uh, uh, but there's a part where the, the boys are listening to like... Um, Edith Plinth or something? Yeah, some like French singer on uh, like a little gramophone and Upham is translating for them. Yeah. Uh, but he's not singing, he's just saying it. And then Mr. Brooklyn does like a speech where he's talking about a woman's breasts. <laughs> yeah. And you're uh, just like, oh, oh, Mr. Brooklyn. There's a little chat between Matt Damon and Tom Hanks about how Matt Damon can't really remember his brothers too well. Do you want to know something interesting? What? Do you know the speech that the story that Matt does? Yeah. Matt made it up on the spot. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. And so everyone being like, this is a terrible story. And Matt's like, that's the, that's the point, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's not meant to be funny. Yeah. He's, you're meant to kind of hate James and Francis Ryan of Iowa. Because you do. He's a prick. He's just like, he's a prick. But like, it's, it's, I think it's an effective story because it's one of those, it's so deeply unfunny. Yeah. But you're yeah. like, I can understand why he thinks it's funny. Yeah. Because it's, What exactly is the story? So again? the story, I think it's funny. Yeah. Because um, I'm a child. The story is he gets woken up in the middle of the night by his brothers. Mm. And they basically like sneak into their family barn. And it's the eldest brother is like getting with a girl. And they scare him. Yeah. So the girl runs away. And then she like runs into a pole and knocks herself out. Which yeah. is just like, what? Yeah, it's because, what? It's because the, the brothers were saying that it's like, because she's really ugly and they wanted to save him, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. He's like, Sean, Dan, you're just a young man. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, you're a young man. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, Dan's trying to like hit Sean with a shovel. Yeah. So like, you can imagine it. Like, I think it's well done. Good bit of like improv from Matt. Because he's just like telling the story and he is shitting himself laughing. Yeah. And he's getting nothing back from Tom Hanks. It is <laughs> nothing so at all. funny. Tom Hanks yeah. is just like, for fuck's Cause, sake. Yeah, because Tom Hanks was like, you don't remember the specifics about the person physically. You remember them through like In a moment. moments. Yeah. yeah. Through experiences. So he's telling the story as a way to remember his brothers. And then at the end of it, he's like, oh, actually, that's the last night we spent together. Yeah. Because they went to boot camp the next day. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, oh, that was three years ago. And then he's like, how do you remember his wife face? And Tom's like, you don't get to know that. Yeah. <laughs> You're not allowed. You're not allowed. That one is for me. Because I don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> because you are from Iowa. Um, I love how much... Now that we're getting into the last, the final battle. The last Ooh. battle is so intense. Oh, the last battle is... Oh, it's a rough watch. Sticky bombs. Sticky bombs. Sticky bombs. Yeah. Um, I... Love how much they just do not trust Matt Damon. 
to do. Yes. It's yeah. so funny. Because uh, Tom Hanks throughout the whole last battle is just like, Ryan, you stay, you fucking stay with me. You're not allowed to die, Ryan. Yeah. And he's like, let me fight in World War let II. Let me go and die. They sit on him at one stage. Yeah. It's so good. Because he's like, let me up. Yeah. And I'm like, Stephen, this is a little too silly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the the big final battle comes. The the Alcon finds out with uh, the ex- the thing they keep saying. Yes, like, they tell him. Uh, fucking, what's his name? Melish tells him what Fubar stands for. What does it stand for? Uh, fucked up beyond all reason. That's what this podcast is. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> um. Yeah, and it's just like, do we want to talk about how each of the guys goes? Yeah, because. Uh, they, they've got like what like 15 20 dudes yeah uh, and there's there's a lot of Nazis there's like four tanks there's like 50 infantry they don't do particularly well they um, do well and then they don't do well yeah you know why they don't do well up them up them <laughs> <laughs> fuck them fuck uh, up them uh, yeah this is uh, when you start to hate up them yeah because up them's job in all of this is they haven't even asked him to like be active in the combat his job is to run ammunition to people when they need it yeah and he gets chicken shit scared immediately which okay not to be up him but there's a moment where like he nearly gets blown up and he's like oh my god oh my god oh my god and you're like yeah. fair enough it's when people start screaming out for him you'd be like up him just try yeah yeah um the first one of the boys to go is Jackson. <laughs> he is doing so well. He's just praying. Yeah, he's, he's just murdering. He's just murdering. Nazis. He does his shots do start to kind of get bad yeah, just before they do. he dies. Yeah. And you're he like starts missing a little bit before he dies. You're yeah. like, Jackson, no, you he's never scared. miss. He's scared. Yeah. I love um, how every time he kills someone he kisses his cross. Yeah. It's so metal. Yeah. Um, uh, he's in like a tower. Uh, he's also, he's the MVP of both the final battle and of the rest of this film, I think, because he's also the one who kind of like does scouting from his little vantage point yeah. in the tower overhead. It's because snipers are the best. Yeah, just keeping track of like where everybody is and like do- using hand signals to tell Tom Hanks what's going on. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Tank gets him. It's a great scene, his death, I yeah, think. Because he realizes that he isn't going to be able to get out in time. Yeah. And he just turns to the other guy who's in the tower with him and tells him to get the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can see it coming because you're like, Jackson, there's a tank. Yeah. Jackson, there's a tank. But he's so focused on killing guys. <laughs> I know. He's a machine made for warfare. <laughs> I am the machine. Uh, <laughs> um they're doing they do so well in the battle mm. and i can't i don't know what point they start doing badly i think it's, it's when, when the guy blows himself up by accident that's when it starts yeah 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 because yeah. they have um they have homemade little sticky bombs to deal with the sticky bombs yeah to deal with the tanks uh where it's fully just tnt in a sock covered in axle grease yeah that they just like run up and kind of stick onto the, the side of the tanks and the first guy who goes and tries to do it accidentally blows himself up he sets, death. He sets the fuse too short and he dies yeah he kind of takes a moment I thought he yeah. was gonna throw the motherfucker I thought that's how it was gonna happen as well yeah but no they, they keep running up and kind of yeah. slapping him on um there's two panzers and two tiger tanks and yeah. my dad when he was like it was two tigers he went yeah (laughs) yeah it's not good it's like tigers that's bad so like they get they get two tanks pretty quickly i think or so they only do they get one or two they only get one of them yeah yeah where's the other go one go i don't remember yeah 
I know how the last tiger gets killed. They get one tiger pretty quickly. They get one tiger because they blow up the tracks of the tiger and then they all just jump in it and are like ants oh, and yeah, they just yeah. throw grenades in. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I forgot about that one. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah uh, they get about half of the Germans down and mm. then they're like, this is going great. And yeah. then they run out of ammo because then, some yeah. motherfucker. Then Melish runs out of ammo in his big <laughs> fuck off machine gun. machine gun. Uh, and he's shouting for Upham to, to come get him. And Upham is just standing outside the building, unable to move. Upham? Yeah. And it gets worse. It gets so much worse. It gets so much worse. It's because, so much worse. Uh, at this point, when um, the uh, the bullets run out, uh, the, the Germans manage to get into the building that they're in. and start, They get three of them. They get three of them, yeah. They get a, a couple of them. Um Right, they like shoot them through the wall. Yeah, uh, and it's it's one of the guys who was there with Ryan when they got there who gets got first because yeah. they like they shoot him through the wall and he gets got he gets shot in the throat. Yeah, and he's uh, like bleeding out. He's like he's, choking on his own yeah, blood. He's bleeding out, and then Nancy comes up the stairs, and him and Mellish are like hand to hand fighting, like rolling over the guy who's like choking on his own blood. And who's the Nazi, Sean? Who was the Nazi? I recognised him. It's Steamboat Willie. Oh, no. Was that Steamboat Willie? Yeah. Was he not just... Did he not only show up later? I thought it was him. Maybe no, it's a... I think it was It, it was only later because... Uh, I always thought it that it was him that was Steamboat Willie because when he goes up him and he lets him leave... He doesn't, he doesn't say anything. I, mean, I always thought it was the same he guy. He says up him later on. He yeah. says up him at the end. Yeah. When... I always read it it was just Steamboat Willie. I don't think it was. I could be wrong. Because I have different conflicting opinions on it, but I always sure. the my reading of it is I could be wrong because I can't recognize face I can't recognize faces, but I always thought it was this really fucked up thing of Steamboat Willie, and it's because he let Upham go once, like Upham let him go once, sure. he lets him go, and I'm like, yeah. oh, that's so awful. I don't, I don't. Think I could be wrong, because um, Steamboat Willie does appear and yeah. Upham guns him the fuck down the one Um, (laughs) one good thing Upham does in this entire fucking movie but but this whole scene is so horrific because a lot of it is just Upham like on the stairs on the way up listening like listening to this fight happening and listening to Melish shouting for help as he gets slowly stabbed yeah and just not doing anything fuck up him (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny how you go fuck like cause uh, it's so like it's so well done by Stephen because you kind of understand Upham's point of view uh, to a point of you're like I would be Upham in this situation until if I was there it wouldn't have gone down like this until the final (laughs) battle and then you're like oh Upham just do something please yeah Yeah. you started smoking like you've embraced the brutality (laughs) of war kill a Nazi What's, what's Tom Hanks up to? Tom Hanks is fucking battle? babysitting. Yeah. He's babysitting <laughs> Tom Matthew Hanks Page. Is on guard duty here. He's on guard duty. So is um, Mike. Mike is such Mike a, is so such good. A, he's such a boss. He's so There's cool. just these three... It is the most Call of Duty-esque scene in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. They yeah. just like protect the asset. Yeah. Um, they just keep running around, throwing Matt Damon around, yeah. making sure he doesn't <laughs> die. And they're just slowly like running out of ammo. They're running out of um, munitions and mm. everything. And you're just like, oh no. Yeah. Oh he no. He fucking throws his helmet at someone at one point. <laughs> uh, Tom does? No, uh, Mike. <sighs> Mike. Yeah. Mike's, Mike takes so many bullets. He really does, yeah. And he keeps on going. He's... Yeah. God. And Mike 
dies. They yeah. get they get across the bridge and they're about to like to blow it. They have this thing that's like this is the Alamo, and mm. they're like. Everyone... So they've got some more like supplies on the bridge. Yeah. Uh, so they kind of fall back to there and they start. They're about to detonate the bridge. Yeah. And then they can't. The tanks basically overrun them. That yeah. they can't blow the bridge, and they're like, "Fuck, fuck, fuck." Tom's hands are shaking. His palms are sweaty. Mom's spaghetti. Um, <laughs> he I... sees the detonator. He sees the detonator. And he runs for it. He sees that Mike's dead. Yeah, he sees that Mike's dead. Uh, he, he goes for the detonator. And he gets blasted. he gets fucking got. Yeah. Uh, and he just takes out his pistol. He just, yeah, it's... Oh, he I, does I love see, this He does bit. see the bit where after he sees Mike before he goes... He, after he's been shot before he goes for the pistol, mm. he does see Matt just, like, screaming. Yes. And I love yeah. that gif. That I think gif it's is really so good. funny. Because yeah. it's like... There's me- two really good gifs in this. One that we haven't gotten to yet. Yeah, he's just there. He's like really fucked up. He can't. He can't walk anymore. He just takes his pistol out and he's just like shooting, shooting this tiny the tank. tank. And there's like one shot that he takes and the tank fucking explodes. And you're like, <laughs> what? That's not how it that works. Didn't happen. And then you see the air force have come in overhead. And you're like, yeah. And they're bombing the fuck out of everything. And Tom and Max just like anti-tank mines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's also the bit where um they they lose the they lose the rocket launcher. But Matt Damon is like, we can take the rockets and we can just throw them. And they just start <laughs> that is, throwing that rockets. That is so great. It's like, because up until this point, like, genuinely, they don't let Ryan kind of do anything brave. Yeah. Just because they're like, Ryan's a child. And it gets to this point where they're like, we're actually not going to survive this unless we let Ryan fight in this. Yeah. And he's like, let's just throw these rockets. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> And then it's so scary because they get snuck up upon by a tank. And he's yeah. like, ah. Oh, shit. It's like fully about to like come down and to And they're like, like, Ryan, run away. Yeah. But they just like, they win the battle. They're mm. rounding up the Nazis. Up and kill Steamboat Willie. Steamboat Willie is the one who got uh, Tom Hanks. Yes. Yeah, so, he's the one who shot him. Mm. And Upham watches him do it. And he's like, oh, you motherfucker, you yeah. killed my dad. He only he only actually does something when they have started to win. Yeah. Um, he doesn't even, he's not going to kill the other Germans. And then it's when he goes, Upham. And he's yeah, like. Yeah, he's like, you fucker. <laughs> you just killed my dad. Yeah. Um, blasts and blows up yeah. uh, Upham. Not Upham, up. Jackson should have lived. Upham should have died. Yeah. yeah. Jackson deserves to live. He does. Yeah. yeah. He's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Matt's like, we did it, Tom Hanks. Yeah. Tom and Tom's Hanks. like, we didn't nah. do it. We didn't do it, Ryan. I'm fucking dying. Yeah. And he just looks at him and it's the cold. He like, hands I'm, over the letter, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. Imagine that being your last line. You the you're like imagine being Ryan you've just been rescued you've just fought in the only battle of your life you've just been saved emotionally spiritually Mm. and a man who's like the leader of this company that all these people hold in like high regard just looks at you with his last words and goes earn this yeah would fuck you up (laughs) would fuck you up beyond belief honestly he should he needed to earn that yeah (laughs) Tom Hanks just died for you Matt Damon Come on, get and it Mr. Brooklyn lives. I'm always sad that Mr. Brooklyn lives. He's the one who takes the letter. Yeah, he's yeah. the one who takes the letter. So the only survivors are Mr. Brooklyn, Upham, and Ryan. Ryan, yeah, yeah. Uh, I like to imagine Upham uh, falls into the lake and dreads. Uh, he just falls <laughs> off the bridge. Um, I don't know what um, happens to Upham. And then we see the second fantastic gift from this film. Which, <laughs> which is, is going to be us when we finish this podcast. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> which is uh, Matt Damon, like, 
aging 50 aging years. 50 years in seconds yeah. um as we we see him transform into the old man from the beginning of the um, film he goes to two so i don't think the grave he goes to it before the movie starts i imagine that's his brother's one of his brother's graves yeah, yeah. that's why and he gets he, and then he goes to tom hanks yeah yeah and he's like so one criticism i've always i've seen before about steven spielberg movies is he doesn't know he's so like I want people to learn the lesson that they're like his endings he always spends five minutes underlying the point <laughs> yeah. and I will say he does fucking he does like do that he, gets the, he gets the ruler out and he yeah. does underline it like three times yeah because he has Ryan gives like a speech to Tom Hanks's grave being like I've lived a good life I've sworn I've lived a good life I know you sacrificed it for me and then his wife is like you lived a good life you yeah. did yeah <laughs> yeah and then and then the movie's over Hannah stops crying <laughs> and, I, and I let down the salute, salute the flag, flag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a film what an absolute second banger ah oh, saving private Ryan <laughs> I think that the camera work throughout this film incredible. is incredible I'm gonna see who the cinematographer yeah. was there the bits towards the end in the final battle where the tanks are coming and the camera gets shakier and shakier the closer mm-hmm. they get ugh oh beautiful the just the the quick shots the the manic energy of d-day ugh he's, horrific yeah um his name the cinematographer is janice uh i can't pronounce it it's a polish name uh janice kaminsky janice kaminsky Maybe james kaminsky james kaminsky he uh shot schindler's list amistad the Diving Bell and Butterfly, War Horse, Lincoln, West Side Story, all Spielberg pictures. Actually, no, if it's Polish, it's probably like Janusz. He was married to Holly Hunter? Sorry. Whoa! From love. Batman vs. Superman? I'm going to stab you. <laughs> I love Holly Hunter. She's in Succession. Yeah. Yeah, she is. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else is this man shot? Um, yeah, big, yeah, Killer Instinct, uh, Schindler's List, um, Jerry Maguire, um, yeah, Catch Me If You Can pretty much did all of Steven Spielberg's stuff. Was Catch Me If You Can Spielberg? Yeah. Oh, wild. Steven Spielberg, good director. Yeah. Um, what else has he done? I thought that said David Dobrik for a second, but I was like, whoa, he's shooting fucking If with John yeah! Kersky. Holy, yes! holy fuck. Yes! Holy fuck. I've caused this. The time. dream is real. <laughs> uh, oh my God. What have I done? What have I done? The last movie we watch. It's got to come out. It's going to happen. Um, yeah, just like oh, this movie did fucking incredible. It's yeah, of course high, it did. It was the second highest grossing movie of the year it came out. Only uh, the second? What was number one? Uh, oh, was it Titanic? Titanic. No, because Titanic won all the Oscars. Oh, yeah. Um, let's check Wikipedia. Hell yeah. We're good. Um, well, we're gonna do the box office and then we've we have like. Oh god, it's gonna be a long episode. We yeah, still have like twenty five minutes of shit yeah. to do. <laughs> Our first two hour episode, perhaps. Potentially. Yeah. We could just do the rest of this really we're not gonna do the rest no, of this. No, we're not gonna do the rest of this. Long. Fuck it. We'll do it two hours. Yeah, we deserve it. Yeah, um, we've earned it. Anything else you wanna say about this movie when I'm trying to find out the highest grossing pictures of nineteen ninety eight? Uh, this was another this was like Oppenheimer where I was constantly just like wait that guy's in this movie oh um, so funny such a fantastic cast um, I we gen- didn't talk about Ted Hansen Ted Hansen's hot Ted Hansen's hot man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Vin Diesel my guy really good in this again just playing himself but <laughs> you know what what more could you want 
he plays in, he's utilized really well in it I think he is yeah he, I think yeah. Stephen I think for Vin Diesel's film career I think if he had, I don't know if this makes any sense I think if he had had more directors that like let me use you yeah. rather than him becoming Vin Diesel that quickly if that mm. makes sense yeah. the high, actually no, you're right the highest grossing movie was Titanic yeah but do you know what it is Titanic came out so late in the year yeah it was like December or something yeah it was a Christmas movie right yeah yeah I think it was the highest grossing, but it's like that weird. I don't know. Yeah. We can look at it uh, another time. As I open up Fox Office Mojo to check out the release date for um, Saving Private Rain. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like, it's just such a great fucking week movie. Yeah. Like, if you haven't seen Saving Private Ryan, go see Saving Private Ryan. Go watch it. It's yeah. so good. If there's ever an opportunity to go see this in the big screen, oh, oh I'm jealous. Yeah, I'm jealous. I desperately want to see this in the cinema. Oh man, it must have been so insane to like, because obviously to go to like a packed cinema to watch uh, this, but also not to have seen anything like this before. Yeah, yeah. Because like, because this set the standard for war films. It set the standard for war films. There's like a there's a before Saving Private Ryan and after Saving Private Ryan mm. um like conversation to be had in film and it definitely exists. Like I was talking to my dad on Saturday yesterday actually at breakfast and when he was I was like, Oh, how would you rank it? And he's like, I think if you're talking about the Matt Damon movies in terms of like impact on film, he's like Saving Private Ryan is probably the most impactful movie he's done up to this date because yeah. he's like nothing looked like Saving Private Ryan before it came out and everything looks like it now yeah like the MCU at their table terrible shaky cam is just trying to be Saving Private Ryan mm-hmm. it is yeah early MCU they don't do that anymore what do they do now well yeah you can't really they shaky cam do, and CG yeah they just do still shots of CG fuck the MCU fuck the MCU we're gonna have to watch two yeah and they're some of the worst ones yeah they're some of my least favourite ones Um, I didn't mind Ragnarok I didn't get the hype I'll share my thoughts on Ragnarok <laughs> that in like six months time or War whatever. buddy, it's like November oh, yeah. of next year. Damn. Yeah. The weekend Saving Private Ryan opened in the box office. It opened to number one. Of course. The next was The Mask of Zorro. Oh, hell yeah, with Antonio Banderas. I think so. Nice. That movie's great. Uh, then Lethal Weapon 4. Yeah, with uh, Danny Glover. Yeah. Danny Glover, Mel Gibson. Then Fuck there's yeah. there's something about Mary, which I think is a Miramax picture. I don't picture. think I've seen that one. It's, it's a very famous cover. Mm. I haven't seen it either. Tenet's Armageddon. Yeah. So Ben and Matt were voting in the yeah. box office. It's the Shout boys. Ben. Um, then, Doctor, then Dr. Doolittle. But anyway. <laughs> sure. Uh, then Disturbing Behavior. It's a movie called Mafia. One exclamation mark. Um, <laughs> small Soldier. Oh, Small, oh, soul small soldiers. soldiers. Fuck yeah. Small Soldiers. That <laughs> movie fucked me up as a child. That fucks. Um, then Mulan. Uh, then Madeline. And then Titanic. Do you know what? Titanic came out in 97 and it's still in the cinemas. Okay, sure. I love Madeline. Did you have the Madeline uh, Matilda box set growing up? I did, but I watched Matilda and my sister watched Madeline. <laughs> I watched it both. Because yeah. um, I'm like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's talk about the fucking Oscars for this year. Yes, because this, this fucking, fucking swept, right? No. No? No. I'm, I'm fucking cross about this Oscars. Oh, no, I do remember this, actually. I gave yeah. out about this yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. <sighs> Harvey. <laughs> Fuck you, Harvey. Fuck you, Harvey. 1999 Oscars. We're alive. Um, <laughs> I am anyway. I don't know about you. Uh, What date is it in 99? Billy Crystal hosted it. It is the 71st Oscars. It is March 21st. Uh, I am born in two days. Oh, my God. Why am I so old? <laughs> Why am I so old? I'm not that old. 
I wasn't alive when this movie came out. Yeah. So the best picture noms were <coughs> Elizabeth, mm. Life is Beautiful. Mm. <laughs> sure. Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. The Thin Red Line, which I haven't seen. Mm. And Shakespeare in Love won. A yeah. movie that, no disrespect to Gwyneth Paltrow, no full disrespect to Gwyneth Paltrow, <laughs> is not. Hey, shout out to Goop. Goop, if you want to sponsor us, hit, hit up our email. I can put I a crystal into my vagina. <laughs> That's what she does, Sean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she puts crystals into her vagina. <laughs> Best directing uh, was Saving Private Ryan, as it should be. Peter Weir uh, lost for The Truman Show, which is also very oh, well shit. directed. Oh. Uh, leading act have you ever seen the video of uh, uh, Roberto Bellini winning for Life is Beautiful no I haven't my god it is so funny because he is like this little Italian man that's like oh my god I've just beaten like Tom Hanks in like Tom Hanks for winning another Oscar he starts jumping over his seats for the audience oh shit like it is and he's like I feel like if I won an Oscar that's what I would oh no he's like um so who did he he beat um, Tom Hanks Ian McKellen uh, Ian McKellen yeah for Ian gods McKell- for gods and monsters okay I don't think I've seen that uh, Nick Nolte for Affliction and uh, Edward Norton for American History X that's a good movie um, mm-hmm. and then leading actress was Gwyneth she beat Kate Blanchett for some a woman uh, Fernanda uh, Fernanda uh, Montoigo I don't know who she is. Um, for some movie I've never heard of Meryl Streep and uh, Emily Watson uh, something called Central Station mm. yeah never heard of it uh, what else did Billy Bob Thornton got nominated <gasps> and he didn't win Damn. he lost to someone from Affliction who else what, why so was... did this not win anything it won Best Directing okay but it was not like it was nominated for Best Picture Lost Best Picture mm. so Life's Beautiful it was nominated for Leading sorry Lost Best Picture to Shakespeare in Love which is bullshit like everyone's like that's bullshit yeah Lost Leading Actor to Life is Beautiful which is a Holocaust movie so fair enough mm. wasn't nominated for any would you think Matt deserves Best Supporting Actor for this I guess not really I don't think so no, no. he just he just kind of exists Lost Best Screenplay to Shakespeare in Love Lost, yeah, I don't think it was. It won like best makeup, I think. Delalue's best cinematography. It lost best soundtrack to shake to life is beautiful. Soundtracks, Visual effects wasn't a thing at this point, right? Let me check. Uh, one best sound editing and one best sure. sound. Yeah, deserves that. One best cinematography. Yep, deserves that. Um, one best editing. Yeah. Uh, best visual effects. <laughs> what one best visual effects, Hannah? Um, what's nominated first uh, Mighty Joe Yun fuck yeah the gorilla and Armageddon and those are the only two and the winner was What Dreams May Come it wasn't even nominated for best visual effects that's bullshit yeah that is bullshit bullshit it was nominated for 11 Oscars and it won like 5 of them which is pretty good it's pretty good that's Um, solid that's solid that's Are you ready, Hannah? No. no. Uh, I've not practiced at all today for I the rankings. Had a, a very brief practice of it earlier. I read it earlier, but it was two hours ago. Number 12. Oh my god, we've done 12. Well, we've done 11 movies. Yeah. Number 12, The Good Old Boys. Number 12, The Good Old Boys. Number 11, Rising Sun. Number 11, Field of Dreams. Number 10, Field of Dreams. Number 10, Rising Sun. Uh, number 9, Geronimo, an American legend. Number 9, Chasing Amy. Number eight school ties number eight geronimo number seven this is where it gets tricky i can't look at my list or hannah will make fun of me um 
I'm gonna look at my list. I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take You're gonna that take flower. your pass. I'm gonna take my pass on this one. Uh number seven? Yes, got it. Uh, I actually didn't finish my list. I got up to number five and then stopped. Number uh, seven is Number um, seven, the Rainmaker. Number seven is school ties for me. Number six is Chasing Amy. I've done Chasing Amy already. This is when it gets hard. Yeah. Because I know where other movies have been before. You know? Mm. Oh, God. Why is this so... Why have we done so many movies? <laughs> We've got a lot more to go, bud. I know. I don't, I'm not sure about that either. I'm going to do my cheat, which is I'm not looking at my list, but I'm looking at the amount of movies, what we've done so far. Sure. Because that will help me. Okay. Um, which I think... I don't think that's a cheat. No. Oh, number six. Fucking hell, what's... <gasps> number six is Mystic Pizza. Number five is Mystic Pizza. What's my number five? My number five glory days? I think my number five's glory days. My number five's glory days. Number four, Courage Under Fire. Number four, Courage Under Fire. Number three, uh, Goodwill Hunting. Number three, The Rainmaker. Number three, Goodwill Hunting. Ooh, interesting, interesting. Number three for me was Courage Under Fire. Number two. I think number two is Saving Private Ryan. I can't. I can't. No, number two, Glory Days. Number two. Goodwill Hunting. Number one, Saving Private yeah, Ryan. Yeah, Saving Private yeah. Ryan. I was, I was so conflicted about... I, I was thinking so hard about Goodwill Hunting versus... Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. There's nothing I want I want to change about Saving Private Ryan. Mm. There's bits in Goodwill Hunting that I'm like, that that's clunky. That's not great. Yeah. There's a, a hundred movies like Saving sorry, no, there's not a hundred movies like Saving Private Ryan. There's a hundred movies kind of like Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. It's remarkable from this project because Matt wrote it and that's great. It's really impressive, like feat of him and Ben's like friendship. But Saving Private Ryan's just kind of undeniable. Yeah, like, as much as I adore Glory Days, I, I can't justify putting it above, because this is a masterpiece. Yeah. This is amazing. This is five stars for me. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, I think these are going to be a top two for a very long time. My, yeah, these are going to be a top two for me for a very long time as yeah. well. And I'm not just saying that because Matt, Matt might be having a shaky moment. Matt, we might have mm, mm, and then we, oh we got a we got we've a got some movie we've got up. some movies coming up yeah um uh, speaking of i believe next week is let me do me the imdb fact. The imdb trivia yes and our social shit yeah we have a lot to do still yeah you check the emails when i get uh, there we have no emails yeah of course please email us we're needy uh, <laughs> email us please we're so needy um so needy um yeah no like just oh, saving Rev Ryan it's just so everything about it is just fantastic mm. like I know people like to bully Spielberg because he's Steven Spielberg and he's like the most famous director in the world he's that he's that acclaimed for a reason because he's that good he's just the man the man's handsome missus Amistad I haven't seen that. Woo. I haven't seen it either, but I've read about it. Was uh, it him who did AI, artificial intelligence? He did it because Kubrick died. Yeah. Which, you know. Woo. That's a miss as well. That's a miss. <laughs> um, let's see. I'm so, I went to like... <laughs> uh, let's see. 
Um, I could get a Vin Diesel trivia up. Absolutely if you want. fucking no way. <laughs> absolutely no way. <laughs> this is very good. Yeah. This relates to Barbie. Um, oh, okay. Wow. Well, promoting the Bourne supremacy in 2004 on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. He revealed that when he was a college freshman, his agent from a mom and pop agency, Aaron eventually sent him and Ben Affleck to an audition for the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. <laughs> they were under the impression they were going to meet the head- heads of Touchstone Pictures. Oh my god. <laughs> you can go and talk to the mouse, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's very That's good. Really good. That's very good. Yeah. Saving Private Ryan. What a movie. What a film. A tough watch, I will say, I think. I watched um, it on Saturday. Yeah. Um, you watched it today. We I watched rec- it today, yeah. We, we record on a Monday. Yeah. Before we do the socials, we're going to talk about the next movie we need to watch. Yeah. Because we actually don't... I'm going to put a list on our, our Twitter of the next like month worth of movies. Nice. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's Rounders. <laughs> What's Rounders about, Hannah? Trust everyone, but always cut the cards. That's the byline. Hell yeah. I'm, I think I'm going to like this one. I'm so excited for Teddy KGB. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see what the fuck Teddy KGB's deal is. If you give me my money. <laughs> okay. Oh, have you not heard of John Malkovich's accent in this movie? No. <sighs> what? Uh, Rounders. A young man is a reformed gambler who must return to playing big stakes poker to help a friend pay off loan sharks. It stars eh, Matthew Page Damon. <gasps> MBD. MTV. As in a lead role. Hell yeah. Yay. Edward Norton. As Lester Worm Murphy. Worm? Yeah, that's his nickname. Nice. John Turturro. Yeah! yeah! Directly below the enemy scrotum. Greenwich Mole. Uh, Greenwich Mole as Mole. I don't Joe. know who that is. I don't know who she is. Let's see what else she's been in. Uh, Manchester by the Sea. And uh, 310 to Yuma. She's been in some movies. Sure. She exists. John Malkovich is Teddy KGB. A woman who's in a lot of X-Men movies. <gasps> 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 How's it, Rebecca? Oh, Famke Janssen, uh, Jean Grey. Fuck yeah. Oh, she's Jean Grey? She's Jean Grey in the oh, original like X-Men movies, yeah. Um, and then just a lot of Italians. Just a lot of old <laughs> Italians for the rest Fuck of this yeah. cast. Look at them. Excellent. Look at all these old Italian men. Uh, we got uh, we got Michael Rispoli. We got Paul Cicero. We got Ray and Ian and Jelly. We got Sonny Zito. <laughs> we got Lenny Venito. And Michael Lombardi. Hell yeah. Oh, God. I don't want to not talk about Saving Private Ryan, though. Yeah. There, I've, I'm so I happy they save look, him. Yeah, I just had a look at my notes. I completely forgot to mention the scene where um, they're in Newville bef- just before Vin goes to get the kid. Yeah. Uh, he finds, like, a blown-up, like, apple cart and starts eating apples out of it. <laughs> that, that He's was so funny. fucking dumb. He's so dumb. He's so dumb. <laughs> The, the camera was just rolling and Vin Diesel Vin Diesel was just doing th- they just told Vin Diesel that World War 2 was happening and they let him go they let him go uh, and he's like that that man's job is a car yeah. um, I do I did have the <laughs> I did have a terrible thought when what? I was just as they were landing on the beaches I went yeah. his job is beach <laughs> their job was beach their job was beach thank god for that thank god their job was Ryan their job was saving um, <laughs> the, the man was a mission the man was a mission is he worth oh. it and I went yes yeah <laughs> Um, oh god, oh, god. Yeah. Um, if you're not sick of us 
Yeah, if Which you... you really should be after this. I don't know if we're going to hit two hours. Uh, we might. I don't. Might. I need to see how we long. We might be we're like an recording. hour fifty-five. Yeah, because I'm going to be throwing shit in, yeah. in places. We might um, be a good William hunting. Like, yeah, we might. Yeah, yeah. we'll see. We'll this see. is our first over two-hour recording. Though. Yeah. Uh, but that was fucking around with the audio shit at yeah. the beginning a lot as well. I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah, me too. I got a lot of work to do tomorrow. I've got work to do. Yeah. If you would like to contact us if you've got any hot takes about saving private ryan or you, rounders or um if you disagree with our assessment that actually the movie is good after the d-day landing beaches which i know some people had yeah some people took issue with that people don't like our opinions on these films it's real funny to me Fuck em. <laughs> hey all i'm saying is when, once i see the good old boys field of dreams is going back to its rightful place <laughs> at the bottom of the list motherfuckers <laughs> I've got a pop shield now. I'm invincible. Um, <laughs> let's let's find out how good that fucking pop shield it's is. It's not good. Look at the spikes. Yeah. <laughs> um, if I haven't bullied you enough, yeah. please follow us over on our Instagram and our Twitter sine waves. Our X. Our fuck Elon. Um, I so badly wanted to see um, <laughs> the cage match. I wanted to see Mark Zuckerberg beat that man into a fine paste. <laughs> Uh, it's never gonna happen now, though. See, Mark Zuckerberg would just detach his jaw and swallow <laughs> him whole like a Mark snake. Mark Zuckerberg would simply, like, punch directly through um, Elon Musk's, like, putty skull. God, I'd just be watching two sausages fight in the wind. Zuckerberg is ripped. Is he actually? He is, he's actually really into MMA. He's actually a very good MMA fighter. That's horrifying. I know, right? That's horrifying. Yeah. Um... <laughs> If you've got any thoughts on the Elon Musk Mark Zuckerberg fight, you can email us at sinewavepod at gmail.com. That's sinewavepod at gmail.com. Hell yeah. Uh, follow us over on our socials. Please share the podcast with people you think like movies. Yeah. Um, some people don't like movies and I don't understand those people. Some people don't like music and I don't understand those people. Uh, some people don't listen to podcasts and I understand those people. Yeah, I, do. I get that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that makes I need sense. to get better at listening to our podcast. <laughs> I, I listen... listen to this podcast so much. Because it's just like, I listen to it in work and yeah. I have such a backlog on our own podcast because I'm like <laughs> I don't want someone to stumble upon me listening to the podcasts because that looks like the most egotistical thing ever I at one point like really early on I think it was before we released episode zero like yeah. right before we were going to release it I was listening to it like on the way into school <laughs> you were telling me and this. I had my headphones on and one of my students like a first year came up to me and was like sir what you're listening to and I was like a podcast and she's like oh what podcast I was like uh, <laughs> sine wave pod it's a podcast about teaching um and my dad was asking me about podcasts to listen to as well and I could not tell him my parents know <laughs> yeah mine don't they wouldn't they wouldn't appreciate my mom it. follows us on instagram ah uh, shit nice thanks mama hell yeah uh, I'm not going to dox my mom. My brother was like, thank you for not doxing my child. And I was like, yay. Yeah. We uh, don't dox children out here. Uh, the child would do a very good bit. This is what I end the podcast on. Because I was working from home on Friday and the child came to visit me. Mm. And I was holding the child. And I turned the child to my computer screen, which had Excel open. And I went, the child's name. I'm not saying the child's name. Mm. I went, the child, this is Excel. And she just 
burst into floods of tears <laughs> and I was like great bit work take yeah. the baby uh, <laughs> be gone from me <laughs> uh, she was hungry and then she yeah. threw up everywhere and I was like slay hell yeah um, <laughs> queen shit and I looked like the puke that they were puking up in the boat before like the puke that I was puking up in your house <laughs> did you actually throw up in my house I was making a reference back to fucking saving private Ryan. <laughs> I was making a reference like three weeks ago. Oh, time's a delusion. <laughs> I can't interstellar when I just get to spin around in a chair. <laughs> I have my spinny chair down here now. Purple, so. purple. Um, Alright, that's it. We're delirious. Um, I'm gonna go watch The Good Doctor. No! confusion of our enemies <laughs> hell yeah good old Oppenheimer <laughs> welcome everybody to episode 11 of I don't know why I whispered that me neither well I started are we keeping the secret Huh? Are we keeping this secret? Gonna I think I was. I think I was laughing a little bit over your intro as well. So <laughs> yeah, this let's go going again. At the end. Let's go again. Boom, boom, boom. Three, two, one, go.